It was just kind of like, hey, if you're going to keep parking there, we're going to park over <laughs> here. Thought I, I thought for sure I smelled alcohol in this one area. He's like, no, I took a dump over no, no, there. No, no, that wasn't. That wasn't. <laughs> that was me. No, that was me. That was me. I, I was just peeing my morning coffee. Yeah. <laughs> 100 Podcast is brought to you by Deer Grow. Heck yeah, man. Dude, we put a lot of food in the ground every year, you know, seemingly more and more, and uh, we have a ton of fun with it during the off-season. Uh, there's some struggles that come with it too, though, right? Obviously, the back of my truck is evidence, you know, right now. It's mm-hmm. a couple of weeks after uh, I jackknifed, you know, a 4,800-pound uh, material spreader, you know, as I was coming down, and it's just it was too much weight for my truck there. But, you know, all those struggles aside, you know, dude, Deer Grill really has been a staple for our food plotting process uh, for several years now. Yes, we like to put lime and fertilizer on the plots, you know, if we can, but there are some that it's just we're not able to get to them or it's not feasible for us to get out of state with that stuff and so deer grow is kind of the, the quick and easy but still super effective option for us to be able to get the most out of those food plots that we can every year and i mean we're guilty of over analyzing things just like everyone else but that's the best part about deer grow is that it's going to create healthier soils which in turn makes better food plots and the fact is is we can simply spray plot start or plot till when we put the seed in the ground and then when that plant starts to grow we hit it with boost and we know that we walk away when we come back it's going to be a great looking food plot for anybody that's looking to try deer grow if you use the code 115 that's h-u-n-t-r-1-5 at checkout for deergrow.com and save 15 percent on any of your deer grow products it's a great way to get started on this and just see what the results are for yourself better food plots bigger deer When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, we're back. Hey, on our podcast bonus edition. Bonus up episode one forty eight. Bonus yeah. edition. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you like our podcast, uh, give us a follow on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you guys listen. The subscriptions really help. Please leave us a comment. We do read through those from from time to time, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, good or bad, we read through them. <laughs> so, from time to time, like I said, good ones we usually <laughs> respond to. Bad ones, not so much. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we've been trying. So after, I guess with this one coming out, um, your bonus episode on your North Dakota hunt should have hit already. Mm-hmm. Um, today, tonight as we're recording. Yep. And so we're going to, you know, it, not every Thursday, but as we have like more eventful hunts, I think these bonus apps are going to come in play you're, with, you're never going to see them coming, yep. but every couple of <laughs> Thursdays we might hit you with a whammy. Yeah. It's hunting season. Why not? Mm-hmm. We got lots of shit. To if we got something about. to, you know, we lots of shit get on about, about, we might. Yeah, we might as well. It's funny. I was when we we're doing that intro. It's the well, it's September twenty first. So I'm going to the cabin this weekend. It should be my first hunt in the stand. I haven't been in the stand. Um, and uh, like a couple of the blinds down there. I went in last time, and I was like, oh, it's like feels good. I like look up and like giant wasp nest like, oh, yeah. right up in there. Oh yeah. So she's like, I got you like eight cans of wasp spray. I'm like. Yeah, you're gonna need Perfect. it. Perfect. I put up some Perfect. of that um that tent that we bought. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh yeah. Pretty clutch. On the windows. Really easy to put up. I, I just like that. I just cause I, I don't know. I just it was hard to make time for because it's like I'm just uh Oh dude, I was in the blind. Harlan's hunting and I'm like spraying and like Yeah. 
it was really easy. So like uh, for our listeners, we we just bought um, like tent window tent. Yeah, off it's like of, film off Amazon. So yep. It's really cheap. Like I paid twelve bucks. Twelve bucks for a roll, and it comes with a um, a, a little bottle sprayer that you fill squeegee. up with soap water and a like a plastic squeegee and, and a razor. Yeah, and a razor for cutting mm-hmm. it. So all you do is you spray the inside of the window, and there's it peels off. Yep. Which I didn't know the first time. I was just like, it's not sticking. Peel it off, stick it on, squeegee it down. Yep. Cut the outline. Cut the outline. And it's you're good, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so on the outside, it looks like a mirror reflection. Yeah. Um, but in terms of being able to move in some of those box blinds and stuff, yeah, clutch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got that in my muddy. I've got to get them in the hawk here too. I don't have them on that one yet, but yeah, it way way cleaner, nicer. I never had any issues with them in the wintertime for what it's worth either. Well, what was happening with our blind kits is like they're they're great. That's ideal. It totally blacks you out. Um, but over time, it seemed like that some of the sticky stuff, the sun beating on those windows, it's just it's hot like in there. There, there is no adhesive that can, you know, and so no. they start to, over time, they'll start to, Pull. and so you can buy new blind kits or, you know, we just figured this would be easier and, yep. and who knows, it might do the same thing over time, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, for now, that's yeah. what we're trying. I blew a window out of those last year with Harlan. I know. Did you shoot it? Uh, the cam of the crossbow hit it. Yeah, that'll and do And like it. exploded. Yep. Yeah. I moved, I got, well, that, you know, when we were filming that commercial and stuff, that blind that I got moved over to, mm-hmm. uh, raise, they've accepted it pretty, pretty quickly. I know I mean, that I, buck I, was running right in front of it. Yeah, walking. I got some bucks. Yeah, Nick, you were there. I got some bucks. You were there. I was there. You saw it. You, you know. saw it. Tell you know what I mean. <laughs> Tell them what you <laughs> told <laughs> me. Tell them. No, that's not what you told me. <laughs> Don't you lie to me. So yeah, that's, that, that'll be nice. Dude, I freaking, uh, not like not to, to brag, I've got a lot of bucks right Hang now. Hang in. I, probably, I would assume the amount of acorns you have, because typically by now has to have something. Is to do when with you it. start to see those deer leave your place. Yeah, because beans are turning. I, I I can't recall ever having as many mature bucks as I feel like we do right now. And I mean, we're a week away. And new ones showing up. Yeah, which is it's usually the opposite. Yeah, usually they're gone. Yeah. Oh, here by the way, uh, tell me what you think of this. Remember that buck I sent you this morning? Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Here he is. Looks mature to me, right? Not not a super high score. Yeah, we thought like a four-year-old probably. 130-something. Mm-hmm. I think this is him. No pictures of him last year. None. Remember this deer? Mm-hmm. This is the one that Dale and I passed on out of the... I think he was a three-year-old line the bail that one. year. I think he's three there. I think he's probably five this year. Wow. That's him. Yeah. For, for sure. Yep. Same area. That wow. I don't know what's more wild. It's just that he like that he's there, or that I've had no pictures of him last year at all. I don't None. know where they go, man. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before, where I think we write some of these deer off. Like if we don't see him for a season, I mean, I I assume a deer's dead. That's just how yeah, I, that's I how do, I grew I up. That's that's how it's been for the years. But you know, more and more running cameras and and having cameras out just year round in some of these places. You, know, you quickly realize like a deer will show up and you're like, wait a minute. I've gone back two, three years. That one behind the house that showed up again this year that I hunted last year. I haven't had a picture of that deer since like 2018 mm-hmm. or 17. Mm-hmm. It's like no pictures. And then last year it shows up and I'm like, wait a minute. It's funny, man. It's like an eight year old deer. It's it's hard not to, you know, want to believe that they just, they live on your farm and that's, and that's yep. where they're at. But and like, if they're gone, they're dead. Dude, they're wild animals. Like the, the more, the more, uh, frankly, cameras is what's done it for me as well as hunting different area, you know, especially public land, vast mm-hmm. acreage and realizing how much, uh, you know, a deer's core area can change from year to year or even, uh, within the year. It's like, man, these things could like, 
what do we have to justify to say that they're dead? Like, I think a, that's the mystery. Is there unless you find movements them. of like, you know, okay, he's been here, let's say, as a two or three year old, and then he disappears. You assume he's dead for years, a couple years. It's just like as that deer ages, he gets wise. There's certain things that he realizes or needs or or wants to I do. I think it's social pressure. I and, think it's yeah, the main thing. Then they leave, and then they can come back if they want. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's, so, it I think it's social pressure. I mean, definitely like crop rotations and availability of food will, will, mm-hmm. will affect that. But if they have all that, I think social pressure is a, is yeah. a big factor. Cause you'll see those, those two and three year olds tolerate other two and three year olds pretty well. Oh, yeah. But when you get in that four and five year old class, especially this time of year, they don't want to tolerate each other. There can only much. be so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just keep displacing, displacing, displacing. And then eventually one of them gets killed or dies or whatever. And that gap opens up again. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm really anxious to see at Glasgow, which funny enough, it's, it's, it's it's funny how these properties differ so much. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, that's where I've killed my bucks the the past two years. Uh, not a, no pictures of shooters. And I have two beautiful clover plots. Like, and I just know, like, I know it's going to turn on end of October, November. Um, so last year we had two, there was two mature a points that were both low scoring, super mature deer. Uh, we, we might've hunted for them like once or twice and just mm-hmm. whatever didn't work out. Um, as luck would have it, they got hit by a truck. They probably legitimately did get hit by a truck, <laughs> but may, maybe they got shot at. Who knows? All I know is I got, I got pictures of them in the back of truck. Beds. In the back of a truck. Uh, and supposedly were hit by trucks, but so those deer are gone. And, and honestly, I was at first I was like, Oh, it sucks. You know, those deer were on the hit list or whatever, but you know, after, over some time, I was like, well, maybe that's a good thing. Because, dude, there were some slammer three-year-olds yeah, in there. Yeah, and that those I, bully bucks would have pushed them out. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see if what fills the void. Fills that in. Yeah, it's wild, man. And and this is the time, you know, we're filming this on whatever, the 21st, and um, airs the 28th. So, like, right now, even for the next two weeks, I mean, there's a lot of big shifts happening, uh, depending on where you're at in the country. Then it kind of settles in, and then... You know, obviously late, late October, early November. Crazy. You want to talk corn real quick? Sure. Because why not? Always. So, because it's funny because we, we talk, whatever, we, you know, we, we criticize it a lot. Yeah. Right. But we've also been pretty transparent about the fact that, that we feel obligated to use it, especially mm-hmm. in Ohio. Correct. Uh, strategically. Um, Strategic corn placement. Well, and that's what that has meant to me, I think, has evolved greatly from year to year. Mm-hmm. Like there was a time where I was like, that's how you get, that's how you kill deer. That's how you get pictures. And, you know, and a lot of people are, are there, you know, that's you, you dump it and, yep. and, and man, they do show up on it. Right. Yep. Right, right. Like that. But they're, they're super hard to hunt. Right. Yes. And they're, uh, they also, you know, you start to realize they, they manipulate the deer movement. A lot, oh, absolutely. A lot. And so I start feeling like the more work that we put onto the farm, the more that I've improved the habitat, the less I want to have something like a corn pile disturbing, completely throw it all off. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because they'll walk right through your food plot. They'll walk right through your, you know, whatever you've done. Yep, it just almost nullifies it, and it's almost kind of a shame. Yeah, you know. Um, regardless, I've got an order for seventy five hundred pounds uh, that I'm picking up Friday. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and so, keep in mind, it's, it's not just me hunting. I've got literally the guys that hunt our farm. Is it's it's me, my dad, my uncle, Brian, Willie, and mm-hmm. Corey. Yeah. Plus, you know, guests. Pastor Don. Time to time. <laughs> Pastor Don, exactly. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a pile of guys and like h- half of my season revolves around trying to get everybody on good deer, mm-hmm. right? And it's, some years are harder than, uh, frank, frankly, you know, if two if two of us kill bucks, yeah, you know, that's it's a pretty good, it's year. good year. 
Um, so I'm, we got this corn we're going to pick up and I'm, so right now I'm not that I'm conflicted about it, but I'm considering, I'm pondering like, man, how, how or where, Mm -hmm. if at all, am I, am I going to use this? Yeah. And there's, it's funny because I find myself, there's most of the places I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, like, I, I, like I said, I've got a lot of good movement patterns right now. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm on, feel like I'm on these deer. Um, there's at least one spot, uh, down where that deer, uh, on the, on the, yeah, I, I know where you're at. I know where you're at. Uh, Gins with an L. Yep. Yes. That, that is a spot that I went into. I've never hunted. I've never hunted over there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where the cereal shitter was at. Yes. Uh, we, Dale and I drove in there last week and just drove around, went, went to different areas that I want. Those bucks that were on the mineral side in the summer have main most for the most part are gone yeah um and so i was like well let's just go in there let's you know yep not afraid to go in and yep. uh see if there's sign and, and and try to get a read on things and just you know not much nothing really stood out to me yeah i just kind of we, we cruised all the edges like you know drove in there i mean i wasn't bashful mm-hmm. about it and i just didn't didn't find anything that really was turning me on you know uh so that's one spot that in hopes of finding that deer Drop back. It. The only hope that I've got is last year I did get a picture of that that big one, uh, mm-hmm. September 20th. Like, yeah. Like right in there. Yep. So even though I haven't got him there recently, there's hope that he may swing back through and, and find that. So that's one spot that, and I have, there's a stand over that, or it's the old leaser stand. I'm, mm-hmm. Just a lot of guys. Can't take credit for yeah. it, you know, so. But it's like, it's one of those spots where it's a baitable spot. Mm-hmm. There's nothing going on. I can't say that I'm necessarily going to hunt it. I have, I've got that other deer that I'm, kind of honing in on so i think much like the camera side where i'm at this year on bait in ohio or kentucky is i'm using it survey purposes um just just to understand like is there something i even want to hunt there because i just don't yeah you know we're not hunting 90 days a year as much as we want to um so i just don't want to waste time in an area that there's not even a deer like there's bucks there's just not one that i'm gonna hunt like i'd rather put you know my kids there, or my dad there, or whatever. Yeah. So um, I've used it to where I've been able to, like, I've I've got one good buck behind my cabin in Kentucky. Uh, he showed up on a corn pile, but he's in a food plot. He's been now. coming in since. Yeah, it's a food plot, so he's been in there, not super consistent. Dude, they're they're crushing the food plots. Right? My brassicas, I've got Dry. I've got them two mature bucks in them brassica plots every night. A lot of moisture in those. The ones behind my house here in PA, like I I had that mature buck show up two or three nights ago in PA. Um, I mean, dude, that plot looks so good. It still looks good, but I mean, they are mowing it. If I didn't have winter wheat in it, which I do, uh, it would look barren. Like they're hitting Nebraska's that hard. It's not even October. A lot of mine are too. That East twin is all, but I mean, it's, it looked awesome. It looked amazing. They just mowed it. It's, yeah, it's dwindling. And on it's dry. That's what, I mean, there's just, that's the water content. That's what they're looking for. It is dry. Um, And my, my chance next Tuesday that I told you. Gone. Going fast. Going, going, gone. Yeah. So, I mean, we got, you know, the food plot thing is tough. And, and on the flip side, you know, I know there's really good acorns in uh, in an Ohio. In Pennsylvania, I've found some chestnut oaks. In Kentucky, I barely have found anything again, which... I still got a 40% chance. Um, my food plots look really good on the new Kentucky farm. I haven't ba- I haven't put any corn out there at all. Mm-hmm. I haven't baited anything out there. Mm-hmm. I haven't um, either. Yeah, I haven't put anything down yet. So, and I've, I've got good bucks on it. Um you know, some really good shooters probably, but I'd like to see some of those get another year or I'll wait till later in the season to figure out what else shows up. But, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think from a survey standpoint, I just want to know, you know, what's in the area. And once I know that they're there, then it's like, all right, I can haunt them. Sure. Super valuable. Um, Truthfully, I feel like I'm getting a pretty good survey. I mean, I'm, I'm running enough cameras that, like, over time, I've been running them since June. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm getting a pretty good sense. I've been hunting this farm for seven, eight years now. Yeah. You know. You know I, how to kill them. It's, it's just funny. It's like, there. I feel like I'm getting better at it, but the reality is I've just, I'm figuring the property out. I know where to get pictures of deer and stuff, and so, and that's fun. Um, my main reason for, uh, for, for the corn is defense, defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm torn on that too, because I don't know if it will actually accomplish that. But the theory is like, you know, when everybody else gets their corn piles out, opening day of gun season, mm-hmm. primarily yep. opening day of youth use. gun season. Yeah. It's like, how do I use that to, uh, to preserve, you know, yeah. to save as many deer as possible, you know, especially the mature bucks, you know, the ones I'm trying to get to the next age class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if you don't have them, they're moving off your property. For, for real though. Like if, if anybody's got success with that like it feels like they're honestly saving deer like getting you know uh i'd love to hear it because because we've done it and it just seems like well and not to sound like a bitch fest but you know because obviously you have mature bucks right now but most of your really good bucks in his in the last few years are dead they've gotten killed over a corn pile in youth or a gun season i mean it's like almost everyone almost everyone and that's you know it is what it is. It's just like, how do you offset that? It's an amazing statistic. It's like, it almost doesn't seem possible, but it's like, how do they kill it? They killed everyone. Which is every year. It's also for five years in a row. It's also interesting <laughs> though, because like this year you've got a handful of mature bucks still. Yeah. Um, I think some of those are newbies. Some of them have left to the point of filling the void. Mm-hmm. They haven't been around for a year or two. And all of a sudden they show back up as a mature buck for sure. Cause somebody yeah. else got killed. And that's, you know, that's a, a blessing, I guess, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, at least there's mature bucks there. It's not like we talked. I talked to Nick the other day, and he's like, "Man, he's like, I can't get a deer past three years old where I'm at in Wisconsin." Mm-hmm. And it's like that would be frustrating. No matter what you do, you're not getting that deer past three years old. Well, we struggle with that too. Like, frankly, the mature deer that do show up a lot of times seem like we've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I so, thought that last name started with an S. <laughs> no, no, that'd been funny. Um, so yeah, no, it is. Anyways. Uh, we're going to talk Kentucky elk story today, but, but first, but first, you want to see this rack I got sitting here? It came from North Dakota. So yes, right. we didn't have this for the last thing. Mm. Here you go. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. I should have been on whatever the pod, but I, I didn't have them yet. <laughs> this is the first ever time Jeremy is seeing it in person. Of close. He's the first time he's getting <laughs> his hands on him. Oh, yeah. He's seen him. That's so gnarly. Man, so, like, literally just out of it. It's amazing how sharp, like, those antlers are. Yep. Damn. Yep. That's, I mean, that is the the most typical points I've ever seen, personally, like, on a whitetail. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen any more typical points. Well, the one I killed two years ago did. Seven by seven. Right. Uh, Six by six with double split brows. Yeah. Um, so that one's technically got, I don't think I've ever seen a seven, like a, a yeah, seven typical. Yeah. Yeah. He's in terms of like on the beam, mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. He's a mainframe seven by six with a kicker off of his two. These are kind of interesting too. Little. Yeah. Little, little like inside out. flyers. Fresh, fresh rubbing on the willows and stuff. Damn dude. That's giant. Okay. Sambay's wanting to look giant. That's a cool looking deer. 
Yeah, those beams are are misleading because it has so many points. Doesn't it? Like to look at it, doesn't it look like them beams are like 23, 24 inches at least? Yeah, and twenty twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he's just got a, more know, of a compact frame. It you know? almost is because like he he goes out quickly. Like he doesn't come up and then out. He just like goes out really quickly. Mm. So it's almost like the height that would come through. Sure. Um. Man, that's wild. Though. That is a freaking cool-looking deer. Isn't that cool? Pretty nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that left left side is where I tore off that little bit of velvet you can see. Yeah. It, it's funny. I don't think most people realize, like, antlers are white. Like, oh, pure, yeah. pure, pure white, white, like bone. bone. The coloration comes from I, maybe in rubbing. part their diet, but mainly, like, all this up front here is, mm -hmm. is mud yep. and, and whatever rubbing. they're rubbing in and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's where that coloration comes from. That's why this part is completely white. You know, it's almost untouched. I pulled a little bit of velvet off it right here. And, uh... Uh, I don't know, like, because I've not really thought about it before. He reminds me of a deer, and I can't remember which one. But um, it's either white whale or the one I killed two years ago. Is white the, whale. The two it looks like. Yeah, it's white whale. Uh, Go grab white whale. In shed Kansas, uh, in so Kansas, really white ones. There, that's what I was gonna say. In Kansas, a lot of the bucks we see are very, very white antlered yeah. on the hoof. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's just because they're not rubbing a lot, or it's probably what they're rubbing on. Yeah, not as dirty like the these like a, these guys live in mud bottoms. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> slammer though, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he does look like that deer. Just because of the mm -hmm. how it kind of forms down mm -hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, looks a lot like him, dude. Looks a lot like him. Yeah, because this was two years before I killed him. Yeah, two years before I killed Whitewell. That looks a lot like them. How cool is that? So I put a tape on him yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, came out to one fifty-eight and seven eighths. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, we. I mean, transparently, we all thought he was going to be scored more than that, just because when you hear about that many tines. Um, I was thinking mid sixties, but I also was thinking a slightly bigger spread, slightly longer beams. Yep, and maybe better tines. Those beams would have done it. You know, I mean, because like I think you said eight and a half or something was the best time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, wild, though. I'm happy with him. Yeah, that's a freaking cool deer, dude. <laughs> I'm going to leave him on the table. Later. Yeah, let's leave him on the table. <laughs> leave him on the table. Pretty crazy. So if I killed that thing, dude. You I know. That? It's freaking we don't just talk about deer hunting. We do actually. It's September, and there's already a big big buck dead. Yeah, buddy. Um, September 6th, I think. So out. if you're listening to this and you haven't already, go back to last Thursday's podcast bonus episode and listen to the North Dakota hunt. Um, pretty cool to, to hear it all. And, um, I, I think it's just amazing that like, that was the buck you you saw first morning and then essentially it was a chess game until literally the last 20 minutes. You want to know something crazy? I paid $600 to get that thing shipped back here. Oh my God. You might as well have got it mounted out there. Can you believe that? Seriously. I had, I was not expecting No that. offense to Trav, but you might as well have got it mounted out there. I was not expecting that. The, the rack was a hundred dollars. For standard shipping. Yep. Still seems expensive. The the Cape. hide the hide was five hundred dollars. And it's because it was overnight. So it was overnight and it was, it was packed, heavy. It was packed with dry ice. It couldn't have been that heavy. I mean maybe. forty pounds probably? No. A hide? With all the dry ice and stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it was the overnight option that all did the it. extra rocks Lucas put in there. <laughs> yeah, right. And so and then Lucas was like, um, He's. I was like, "What's what's the two day option look yeah. like?" I was like, "That's got to be way cheaper." And he's like, "It's still like three seventy five, and it, it's more likely to get there after three or four days Ugh. with that option." And I was like, "You can't. That that's no good." 
So I didn't really have an option at that Woo. point. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I'm not proud of it necessarily. I didn't I didn't love writing that, you know, check, but Shh, don't listen to him. It's part of it. Don't listen <laughs> to him. He doesn't mean it. Yeah, that's worth <laughs> it. Why why uh, is it so expensive? Just I don't because know. they like know that it's called the United States <laughs> Postal Service, Nick. Let's let's try to analyze yeah. Joe that. Biden. That's why. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you're right. Mm-hmm. Those are both good points. Yeah. yeah. What you said analyze. the other day we're we're buying hunters uh crack. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's what we're doing. yeah. When I when I got my uh, my I finally finished my taxes and I owe the government a bunch of money and I was like, oh, I feel like is I'm buying Hunter Biden's crack at this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty Daddy, much Daddy needs a new rock. Yeah, pretty much. So, anyways, uh, want to talk Kentucky elk? Yeah, man, I want to hear about it. Okay. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Muddy. Man, Jared, we probably have been using Muddy products for at least 10 years now. It's a long time, dude. It's been a long time. And I can remember when it was simply just safety harnesses and camera arms of all things. And, you know, that's evolved to where you and I both have a bunch of Muddy box blinds as well. I would say a bunch. But, yeah, they've come a long way. And certainly the box blinds are, are huge. Shot that buck over your shoulder out of a Muddy box blind a couple years ago. The harness and, and all of the other safety accessories really are, are a major component of, of what Muddy offers for me. Um, you know, we've had some injuries in the past, you know, some, some tree stand accidents. This, this is all back before we were using, uh, you know, frankly, harnesses, uh, the lineman's belt while we're hanging stuff, and the safe lines. I have those in every single one of, uh, you know, our fixed tree stands now. And uh, so we really have made safety a priority. Uh, that, that's a big deal for us. And, uh, you know, Muddy has everything we need for that. Yeah, and I think uh, the cool thing about Muddy is anyone listening to the Hunter podcast can save 20% using the code HUNTER20. That's H-U-N-T-R-2-0. Uh, anything that you can see on the Muddy Outdoors store online, use that code. Save yourself 20% for this hunting season. Go Muddy. I'll, hopefully my memory is not too fuzzy because this is a couple weeks after uh, the elk hunt has happened. And uh, it's probably for the best, though. I've, I've cooled off a little bit yeah. since then. You know, I was editing uh, Jared's episode, and I, I remember <coughs> you saying there were some highs, some lows, and some really... Really, really lows. lows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in my older age now, I've, uh, I've calmed down, nice. uh, over that, but no, so we, um, kind of start from the beginning. So people who are not familiar, um, the largest elk herd east of the Mississippi is in Kentucky. Um, so, you know, I, I've seen estimates somewhere around 15,000 elk. Really? It's bigger than Kentucky. in PA. Yep. Oh, yep. wow. Bigger than PA, bigger than Missouri, bigger than Virginia. So yeah, it's the largest elk herd. Um, they've been hunting it since two thousand and two or three. I mean, it's it's been hunted for a while, but it really wasn't until I think like two thousand eight or nine um, that they started ramping up tag allocations. And I'll I'll get into this later because we did some research. But you know, when when we heard about this, so Emily's uncle, my wife's uncle, is the one who drew drew the tag. And uh, it was a either sex archery tag, um, which you use compound or crossbow for it. And then you get assigned a unit, basically. But you can also put in for what is called a regulated area. And it's essentially private land that's open to elk hunting, but there's a limited amount of tags for it. Um, so, you know, when he got drawn, I kind of started to do all my research, contacted some people that we knew in the area, and... Uh, I this think is he, his, Emily's uncle. Yep. I think he had five options of what he could put in for like, hey, where do you want to hunt, right? And so I, a lot of people will put in for a unit because they know, hey, unit seven, for instance, is the best success. 
I went in and put in for all regulated areas thinking if there's, if there's a decent piece of property that has elk on it and there's only one or two of us on that property, odds are we're going to get on those elk. That was my theory at least. So we put in for all regulated areas. Sounds and, like it was the right theory. Yeah. And he drew one. He drew one, um, coincidentally about an hour and a half South of my cabin in Kentucky. Mm. And, um, you know, basically the area was 30, 3,500 acres or so. Uh, and there was only two of us, him and one other person that drew a tag. So, I mean, that's a lot of room for two people to go. What we quickly found out, and it's not just in this unit, it's in a bunch is like the elk hunting isn't what it used to be. Um, and so I did some research back in like 2009, they issued a thousand tags, thousand elk tags were issued. Uh, about 750 of those were cow tags and 250 of those were bull tags. You know, you know how many bulls they were harvesting? About 235 of that 250. Wow. So you're talking like super, super high success rates. Were they baiting them? I know Kentucky's a bait state. No, you can't bait elk. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't bait elk. Uh, Can you bait whitetails on properties where deer or elk live? I don't see why you couldn't. Uh. So, you know, the, the the options you have to hunt are these regulated areas, which are tough to get into, uh, public land, so just open public land access, so you got an elk on your Hoyt shirt there. Got, got an elk on my Hoyt shirt. Limited edition Big shirt. elk hunter now, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> or private land. I was like that one time Jeremy went musky fishing. He's like, pretty big musky fisher. Pretty big musky <laughs> fisher right now. <laughs> pretty big. Pretty big deal. You been musky fishing? Uh, and uh, so I think that um, out of the gate, you know, private land would be the way to go. Like if you could find private land with elk on it um, that's unpressured, like... It seems like that's where you're, you would hunt. So you had one piece of 3,500 acre. That's what we end up drawing. Okay. But there, I mean, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch that are out there. It's mm-hmm. just, you have to put in this lottery to get drawn for those. After you draw a tag, then you're in another lottery to figure out where you hunt. Oh, wow. What if you don't draw that? You, they put you in another unit? Put you in another unit. Okay. Yep. So if you, if of your five preferences of where you want to hunt, if you don't get drawn in any of those five, then they assign you a random unit. And just say, is hey, it in order, like one, two, three, four, five, or here's five places I'd like to hunt? Here's five places with first priority first. Did you get drawn on your first priority? No, we got drawn on the fifth. Okay. <laughs> so last, last chance. Okay. Um, but, I mean, still regulated area. Yep. So the regulated area is um, usually because that was one of the areas near where elk were reintroduced originally and had populations that were pretty, pretty stout. Um when I started to talk to some of the locals where we were at, it was anything but that. I mean, uh, to be honest, every local I talked to was pretty much like, yeah, uh, sorry, you're not going to, there are none. You're not going to see any. And it's like, well, where are they? Where, where they go? And they're like, well, they're trapping them out. You know, I, I swear to God that the things I've heard, and I don't know what some of these I know are not true, but the things I heard, and I don't mean to make anybody angry, listen to this is, They've trapped them out of that area and they've moved them to other areas of the state. Very possible. Um, who's, who's they? The department. Okay. Would trap elk out of this area because there's a bunch of them and move them to a new area. Of trap? The state. How do you trap an elk? Darts, rocket nets. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the best one I heard was from a local in a grocery parking lot of which we, we as in Kentucky, traded elk for bears with Tennessee. 
So we tra- we trapped elk. We took them to Tennessee. Tennessee gave us black bears in exchange. <laughs> Probably a stretch. How would anybody want black bears? I I don't know. Um, but that was that was the best one. Regardless, clearly everybody believes. Are there black that, bears there? Yeah, there are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there black bears around your cabin? Yep. Really? Yeah, I've got a couple on camera right now. Mm. Yeah, there's a it's a weird season for them, but um, there is a hunting season for them. Not to side. I hate black bears, but I hit a black bear with my car once. What? what? And, and you I, live to tell about yeah, it? I, I totaled my car. Um, this was like five, four or five years ago. I was like 20 years old, and uh, I was wow. just like driving. It wasn't that late. It was like 9, 10 p.m. It was like October, and uh, you know, black bears are you know rather, black. Rather, yeah, they're black. They're and, dark. You yeah, know, it's, we get uh, it. It's it's laid out and. I just see this massive thing just in, you know, right in the front of the road. Tried to slam on my brakes and, like, totaled my car. Bear lived fine. Like, just walked off into the woods. Whoa. Yeah. It was it was That's half scary. animal. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But anyways, just thought I'd share that. It's an interesting <laughs> story, Nick. Don't hit a black bear. Yeah, don't. Moral of the story. Don't <laughs> hit a black bear. Um, so, yeah, there are bears there. And um, so, I guess the week before the season started, so this would have been um, opening week in a bow season. So, it was like September 2nd or 3rd. <clears throat> we went out to the, there was two different tracks. We went out to the main track um, to hunt, and we walked six or seven miles probably easily, drove around some too. We didn't even see a freaking elk track. Not only did we not see an elk, we didn't see a freaking track of an elk. Saw some really nice whitetails, um, but I mean, no elk sign whatsoever, which was pretty disheartening because it's like, uh, you know, yeah, you're gone. what are we going to do? Hunt a week out here and like we haven't even seen a track yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so talked to some more locals, kind of got the same story, but ended up finding out on the map that they gave us, it was inaccurate, uh, which was kind of a blessing in disguise. But um, there was another track that belonged to the same regulated area that we were hunting that was labeled wrong on the map. So I talked to some of the local game wardens in the area um, and talked to a couple other locals in the area and kind of got the hint that like, don't where you were, don't, there hasn't been elk there in three years. Like there were, there were three bulls at one point, one got poached, one got hit by a car. The other one's gone. Uh, You need to focus on this, this other tract. Cool. Okay. Like that sounds great. There's a key. It's a lock gate. So you have to go get the key from this office. Um, And so you know, this is days before the hunt starts. So we're just like, okay, like that's what we're going to do. Um, so we got there Friday night. We went over to the property, um, got up into this top and keep in mind, I've never been elk hunting like at, do, in my life. Do these elk down here, are they covering? Like, are they still like a nomadic? There's still some transient. Yes. Yes. They are moving. I don't know how much though, but they are moving for sure. Cause a lot of those areas that I was researching, they would say transient elk, meaning they're just moving through, Mm. you know, they're not staying on that. And, and the other thing is, and I didn't know again, cause I'm, I'm a novice elk. Literally on Friday night, I'm sitting there with YouTube videos, learning how to elk call. And it sounds like trumpets going off. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. Um, so Friday evening before it got dark, we go out there. and uh, we go up on this top and there's a guy on a tractor up like in this property. What the hell? I love their tractors in Kentucky. Like what the hell? It's super guy. And apparently his, they lease part of the property for deer hunting. And so he was up there like mowing trails and stuff. 
And so we were like, hey, you know, we're elk hunting tomorrow. Not exclusive lease? Uh, no, that was exclusive to deer hunting only. So you couldn't go in the section where the guy was leasing? No, I could. I could. Because I, it was he part was of the He was just leasing elk. the deer hunting rights. Correct. Okay. Yep. Yep. Not the elk stuff. Interesting. And uh, super guy. And basically kind of the same story. He's like, man, he's like, I'll be honest. I've got, you know, I saw a spike last year. He's like, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. He's like 10 years ago. He's like, we would be taking corn into our deer hunting spot. And he said, there'd be 20 elk running down this road behind us, like waiting for us to drop it. Hmm. And it's like, what the hell? And, you know, he tried to hear the story. And it's hard to keep in mind, like, the where these elk are, where we're hunting, is old reclaimed strip mine. Um, so it was old coal company, company ground. It was all stripped out. So now it's just autumn olives and thick shed, right? And so we talked to him for a while, and we go down in, and we don't – I have no idea where we're going. I marked a couple places on Onyx, and I was just like, yeah, these, these look like good spots to go check out. And we're like walking down in this old logging road about – 200 yards and i turned to him and i said you're gonna think i'm fucking crazy i smell elk and he's like what are you talking about i was like i smell an elk and it i've never elk hunted before i don't I, I don't know why like i just assumed like what else is it gonna be and we walk like 20 more yards and there's this giant bed like right off the side of the road that's like fresh like smells fresh and i'm like freaking elk here like and again we've never been on this property we don't know anything Walk a little further, find find elk tracks. And we're like, holy shit, we're in the game. Like, this is, this is wild. Like, we're in the game. And that night, we end up walking down to one of these spots that I had marked and uh, basically walk up on a cow that was bedded. She stands up, looks at us, and kind of just trots off. And it's like, okay. like And your guy's bow hunting. Yeah, so this is Friday. He's got a vertical bow, and yep. he's an older gentleman. Yep, 63. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And my plan was, like, I'm in shape. So I'm I'm going, and yeah. this is not easy territory. This is straight up, straight down, yeah. nasty strip, stuff. old strip. Yeah. Um, he's got his work cut out for him for the week mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and you know, ultimately, I don't have a tag, so it's it's wherever he wants to go is where we end up going. But like, I'm leading the way to try to find these elk. You know, if he was doing a train, did he train for no. it? No, none. Mm -mm. Oh come on, none. No, none. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. My expectations were low going in because everybody that we've talked to has basically said, like, they're, they're not there anymore. Or it's really hard. And if you look at the success rates, where we were in the area, the bow success rates were like 25%, 28%. Like, it was pretty low compared to even the other units. Um, but at one point in time, this area had the most elk. Like, it was the most populated area for elk. Mm -hmm. So... We leave and, um, uh, you know, I'm kind of stoked about the fact that we like found elk. It was way better than the last weekend. So open the morning, we get up, we get over there. When we get there, there's two other vehicles there. And so the one thing, it, just kind of back up and educate people. The one thing that is very popular down there is hiring a guide or an outfitter. Um, because the terrain is so rugged and these elk are difficult to locate, and especially because of a lot of the elk being on private land, these outfitters uh, oftentimes are leasing private land and then taking people who drew tags in that unit onto the public land or onto the private land to hunt. Um, in this case, the other hunter who drew in the regulated area with, with her uncle um, hired an outfitter or a guide to guide him on the regulated area. 
we can get into the beef of like I'm not a big fan of that. Um, it, in terms of like if it's private land and stuff like that, I think you can do what you want. And this is kind of borderline. Like it is private land, but it's not because it's elk regulated public open area. So we know, I know at this point, seeing the two vehicles that, um, and I could just, you know, it's funny. I could just tell from the guide's vehicle that it was a guide, you know, and, uh, and you know, it just is what it is. So I, I kind of said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the high road here. Like these guys are out ahead of us. Like, I don't want to screw them up. So we just, if they're here, we're going there. If they're there, we're going here. Like, we're just going to try to stay out of each other's hair until we get to sync up. And at that point, hopefully we can come up with a plan. So we drive up the hill, um, to where we park before we have to walk in and, and preface that by, you can't use uh, side by side or ATV to hunt. You can use it to access but then everything else has to be walking and you can only use it again if you need to retrieve an animal, basically. So we would park at like these main entrances and then we would walk. It's kind of a weird in. distinction. Like you can use it to access, but not to hunt. Not to like hunt, not to like get down in and hunt in these areas and stuff. Yeah. So like a lot of it's old log landings and, and roads and stuff from the strip mining. You can't be driving all through there like you know, hunting from the vehicle, basically. Sure. You have to park up and walk into there. And, and then you can, if you shoot one, then you go back and get your vehicle and bring it down to get it out. Yeah. So he's, he's parked up on the top. We go by him to park on the other side. And then we drop down the hill. Basically the plan was to go into where we'd saw the cow the night before. And so we walked down in there that morning. I'm playing the wind. It's kind of a little squirrely down in those bottoms. And we get close to where that cow was bedded. Um, and I smell elk again, like strong, really strong. And it's like, <laughs> how, would, how would you describe the smell of an elk? Like a horse or a cow, like a mix between a horse and a cow. Like, like smells livestock. like livestock. Mm. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize it at the time and in, in retro thinking about it, um, like it probably was like either like the musk of a rutting bull or a cow and estrus mm -hmm. because like I, I thought this is early September. I thought we would be like a little later to peak rut down there because like, you know, think about the Western US or Pennsylvania. Like it's that first week or two of September, you know, but I just figured being South like a whitetail, you know, they're going to kind of rut a little bit later. Apparently not. Like we were in it. Mm. So we end up checking up about a hundred yards from where I want to be because I'm like, man, the wind's swirling. All I'm doing is I'm still hunting by wind at this point. Like that's, there's, I don't know what else I'm doing because I'm, I'm not a down Connor. just wandering until you hear something or see something. So we carve ourselves into these pine trees. Pretty much how you elk hunt. Yep. Carve ourselves into these pine trees. We're waiting. We're waiting. And like. What, so what prompted you to set up? The fact that where I wanted to go, I couldn't get to because of the wind without blowing it down in. And the fact that I smelled elk like as soon as I hit the trail. Yeah. So I kind of backed up and dumped in thinking they might be there to keep the wind in our favor. Were you on a, like a logging road or a? Um, it's like an old, an old logging road, like overgrown logging road. Like it was a single track trail basically okay. going through the autumn olives. Okay. Uh, and these autumn olives are 10 plus feet tall. Like, I mean, it's thick as balls in there. And it's probably 20 minutes, I'd say, after we were in there. And all of a sudden, freaking elk bugles. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, there's an elk bugle. Cow call, bugle, cow call. And then, like, quickly it was like, oh, like, that's the outfitter. 
like he's calling like his his vehicle's parked there this is happening over here like it's him calling so i don't i don't call at all right because what i don't know is like we, we haven't met these guys we haven't talked to them i don't want them to think i'm an out calling back and then them end up on top of us mm-hmm. um so i don't call at all and then i can like hear it like it's mostly bugles but a couple cow calls and they're walking up the road that we just walked in on so they're heading up towards where we parked and we basically had come in and dropped down the hill and i you know john was like well what do you think i was like well said it's an outfitter i was like i don't want to call and then them come in here i want to get down in this bottom you're pretty sure pretty sure yeah yeah because just like did you think like sounds pretty good or yeah it sounded too good like i like uh somebody's calling too good because it ended up being a, a bolt like you thought so right yeah well i heard his four-wheeler start up right after that yeah and i was like ah shit and he's like what i was like how far do you think the the elk were from you 80 yards no way yeah on the on the dirt road the main dirt road access coming oh, in wow and it was a bull with a cow or a couple cows working from the bottom back up around us so at that point i finally was like shit i got a call and um nothing like at that point they had worked down past us i did hear them call one more time up by our vehicle so i don't know how they worked up that ditch i mean this terrain is not when you started too. calling just cow calling cow calling yeah. yeah i i the only time i bugled is when i knew that the outfitter wasn't in position to pounce on me nick do you know what a cow elk sounds like uh maybe <laughs> i was gonna have nick give you a, a go your yeah. best guess ah. what, what it sounds like uh I was thinking some like Chewbacca sound. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Yeah. Not like quite. A, meow, meow, okay. Meow. Gotcha. Yeah. Kind of weird for yeah. as big of an animal as they are. Yeah, really like, weird sounding. Meow, meow, yeah. Meow. Yeah. Weird sounding. And so, like, the way that it's playing, playing out now is like, holy shit, we've got, like, there's bulls, there's elk bugling. Like, the, the game has changed. I still don't know how to play it with this outfitter, though, because, like, he's he's moving in in our wheelhouse basically so we end up working down into this bottom didn't see anything at that point kind of the smell had went away so it's not it felt like those animals were there and then they had moved off when the wind switched because i didn't move until the wind switched too um and we probably hunted till i don't know 11 11 30 and as i was walking out i heard another bull and cow they had basically circled down around us and now they were going up another big ditch and i never could see them uh, and I'm 99% sure it wasn't the outfitter and I'll, I'll say, tell you why here in a second, but like, I just couldn't ever see them, but I knew where they were going and it made sense with the wind in the shade. Cause it was hot where they would probably, you know, hold up. So this kind of turned into a central theme of your hunt of like the, the not knowing, you know, how, you know, with this outfitter, what's, what's yeah. elk, what's outfitter, where, how are you guys doing this? And I don't know if that's just me. It, maybe it's me being naive and inexperienced. Like. I don't know how the hell I would tell the difference. And it, I haven't elk hunted it's enough. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, when a bugle sounds off, it's like... Well, it's funny because, like, sometimes, the you know, sometimes you'll hear... I've done it but, uh, with turkey hunting, I think, yeah. more. Than, but you hear, you hear uh, you know, a bugle or a turkey gobble back at you, and you're like, uh, it sounds terrible. This just sounds terrible. And then you find out, like, that it was, it was. that's what they really sound like. Yeah. and And so, again... I don't have a, I have a, I kind of don't have a dog in the fight. I, I don't have a tag. I'm just the assistant basically by record. Um, 
So I'm trying to take the high road. So we we leave at noon. When we're leaving, we run into the guide and the outfitter. Um, can I say classic what I thought it was going to be? Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily to the guide. Like, good dude. I talked to him for a while. Thought he was a good dude. Uh, but, like, straight up, like, what I dislike about archery season in terms of the hunter. Um, How so? Oh, just like, you know walked out of a retail store with a $3,000 crossbow, uh, with a, like a four by 12 scope on it. Um, Mm -hmm. like everything I despise in archery season. Mm. Uh, you know, and some of it was the attitude that I got. The other one was, this was like the second $3,000 crossbow. Do you talk to the hunter at all? A little bit, not much. Second $3,000 crossbow in two weeks, he blew up. Was he tatted up? You no, can, but he had more piercings? more jewelry in his face than a 2000 emo kid is what I told you. A lot of piercings. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, straight rings. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, lots of... It, it made sense at some point, but... You'd think that would get caught on some, like, model floor or something. <laughs> maybe that's why well, he was... Maybe that was why he was blowing up his crossbows. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, Um. So, anyways, not to pick on crossbows, but that's that's just how it was. So, you didn't like the guy out of the gate. Uh, you just, I just said, just look just at this not, guy. I said, I don't like this guy. Well, yeah, I, I, I was not a big fan of that. I, I just, I think I told John, I was like classic, but mm. just, yeah, that's I, just I, how I, I knew it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and so I, I talked to the guide and we, he and I had a long conversation there at the truck. And basically it was me saying, Hey, listen, there's only two of us on this place. We know there's elk in here. I said, I don't know when you're calling. You don't know when I'm calling. I said, so I'll tell you when I was calling. You tell me if it was elk or you. And I said, let's just be open about this. We we can hunt this pretty effectively this week. Just trying to. So I told him when. He's like, yeah, that wasn't me. That was elk walking behind you. Okay, great. Um, I said, how about just a little bit ago, I heard elk going up in that bowl. He's like, no, that was probably us up there. I was like, okay, that makes 100% makes sense. And... Um, so that was it. It was just kind of like, hey, if you're going to keep parking there, we're going to park over <laughs> here. Thought I, I thought for sure I smelled elk over in this one area. He's like, no, I took a dump over no, there. No, no, <laughs> that wasn't. That wasn't. <laughs> that was me. No, that was me. That was me. I, I was just peeing my morning coffee. <laughs> um, and I said, if you're going to park over there, we'll stay over here. And, and you I guys said, are on a 3,500-acre tract. Yep. This this piece is only about 1,000. Okay. It's only about 1,000 acres. Okay. But it's thick, dude. There's no openings. Like, it is all hard. To, yeah, hard to believe. I mean, 1,000's quite a bit it's smaller. It's a giant, than, like at one point I climbed up on this like lookout rock and it's just giant autumn olive fields that are thick with like kudzu all over them. I mean, it's just gnarly stuff mm. and it's just up and down and, and, you know, carved out areas where they strip mine. Probably some good bucks in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, I saw a couple. So we leave, we get lunch, we come back and I said, Hey, I know. I said, he's saying that's where he was. I said, but I don't have any better options than to go down into this bottom and check it out because that's that's where I felt like the elk were going to be. It seemed like they always were centralizing down in this bottom. This is after like a morning of scouting. Uh, and I found, some ru- uh, I found some tracks. I didn't find any rubs. I found a bunch of beds. So we walk clear down in the bottom. It's almost a mile um, down into this far bottom from where we park. And we're like three, 400 feet below the ridgeline. So the ridgeline's way up above us. Then it hillsides down. It's autumn olives and kudzu. It's just thick, nasty shit. Then there's this road we came in on and we sat down on this bottom. We tuck ourselves back in there and uh, I'm ranging, I'm ranging the, the uh, field or the hillside out in front of us. And I said, okay, you know, 
you basically we can shoot to 40 yards pretty easily and uh it's probably it's hot man it's 80s mid mid to high 80s and you know we're tucked into this autumn olive bush in the shade we kind of trimmed it out and it's probably 30 minutes maybe 40 minutes after we're in there and it's like holy shit here comes one and it's it sounded like an elephant coming through the woods and it wasn't because he was like hauling ass it's just that big of an animal and it's that thick and like I could hear his hooves hitting the ground. <laughs> like it was just such a, a like a weird feeling because it's like, holy shit, like that's an elk. That's an elk coming. And then I'm listening and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's like sticks off like antlers. Like it's a big, and I told you. weird? Like such a, you know, such a mystical, stealthy thing. Like I felt the same way in North Dakota when this sucker was yeah. coming through those mud. I was like, there's, I, we were laughing about it because I was like, there's no way that's, it's a moose or something. It's like, no, it's yeah. a giant buck, and I heard him coming a mile away. I know. And, I mean, he's just – I can hear him just moving through. And I told John, I said, hey, there, there's one coming. Like, he's coming. And, mm. like, at that point, I, like, looked down the hill behind us, and I realized there's a little, like, dried, almost dried-up pond down there with water. It has some water in it. And, like I said, it's hot. He's coming down into drinking that pond. and But there's no shot behind us. Like, it's just so thick. Like, I can barely see anything there. And – it's probably like a minute or two after I heard him and I hear cow calling and I look and I see the outfitter walking the ridgeline above me cow calling and I'm like what the fuck you know like you know he knew where we were going to be I told him where we were going to be and so it's like okay he's trying to go after the elk that was bugling up the valley because that's to my right that's really the elk we were hunting I thought that elk was going to come back down out of that valley right to where I heard him around lunchtime he's now working the top ridge to try to get ahead of that elk that he think is thinks is in that valley and so i like i can't call or anything right because i'm going to draw attention to us he doesn't see the elk that's coming through down below us he's just walking that ridge out how far he's 300 feet straight up above me oh like on a rock straight straight up above me like right on you right on top of me yeah wow. And then he works out the ridge line. He starts going out the ridge line, and I hear him bugling out that way. And I'm like, okay, he's you know he's going that way. He's going that way. Um, and so I I hear this bull work down into the water hole and start drinking. He's that close. I can hear him drinking. Did like, uh, did that bull you think hear him cow calling and walking? No, no. no this bull ends up he doesn't give a shit about anything. He's a satellite bull for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no other bulls you know, bugling, there's no cows doing anything. I don't hear, I don't hear anything. So I, I cow call a couple times at this and don't hear anything. I can kind of hear him moving down there. Then it's just like quiet. And I'm like, you know, he's down there. We've got an hour and a half till dark. I was like, he's right here somewhere, like right in his back pocket. And I can hear now the outfitters out pretty far. I heard him bugle again. And, uh, it's probably about 10 minutes and I could hear leaves moving. I said, Hey, you know, he's still over here. He's still over here. And next thing I know, he just steps right up onto the road. We just came down on and walks right up onto the hill that, that I'm watching here. And I was like, Hey, he's right here. Like 55 yards, probably put the, I had my cannon binos, put my cannon. Bi- oh you. yeah. Oh wow. Cannon binos up. And I'm like, Holy shit. I said, it's a bull. I said, probably all you saw was him. Good. I said, it's a good bull. And, uh, you know, I think at that time, you know, John's never elk hunting. He's put in for this tag for almost 20 years. Wow. Um, every year for 20 years. 
And, you know, John bow hunts for sure. Uh, he's killed some deer around it. It's just, I don't know what would prepare you for like this type of encounter you're about to experience. Cause it's not, it's not just an elk like encounter. It's like, this is a once in a lifetime tag. You, you don't get probably drawn for a Kentucky elk tag twice in a lifetime. Mm. Um, and there's a, you know, we had just kind of hurt. We knew he was there. Right. So, I mean, like anybody, you know, the shakes start a I'm little sure bit. There's a pressure that comes with that. Yeah. It starts to work up. And, um, you know, I think when, when I saw him, <laughs> the, br- the broadhead going back yeah, and forth. Yeah. Broadhead was going back and forth. And I'm right over his shoulder here. That's the telltale sign. So you I'm, start seeing that broadhead go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like whisper and calm. Like I had ranged everything. Like the wind was perfect. I mean, we were golden here. I said, listen, he ain't going anywhere. He's on that hill. He's eating kudzu, which threw me off. Like I couldn't believe they were eating this. Like the it's the vine of the south, basically. Mm. Um, I mean, he's just eating it like crazy, working this hillside. And the hard part to describe is like I'm learning how elk behave and what they're about to do, and explain to him in real time. <laughs> in real time, yeah. and it's 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 really got my wires crossed, right? But I'm. I, dude, we have been so methodical to this point and how we hunted, how we went through areas, where we picked to sit, how the wind was. Like, I mean, we were very, very particular. Like, at this point, it's about as flawless as it gets. Mm. And um, I'm watching this elk come through, and I said, hey, got an hour till dark. He's he's going to work along here. And at that time, I realized that elk, it sounds stupid, elk aren't like whitetails in the fact, like, when a whitetail's coming along a trail or something, and you see him, and you kind of stare him down, as soon as he starts walking again, he's going to walk, unless you spook him or he gets the wind, like he's going to walk through your area pretty quickly. These sons of bitches do not. They are slow as shit. They're just hanging. They're just hanging. They're, it literally is like, uh, it is watching a cow eat. Mm. Like if you watch a cow eat something in the field and take a step and then just chew for 20 minutes, that's what this thing did. There's nowhere to be. Nowhere to be. Nowhere to be, no rush to be in, nothing. And so... I think where I was learning and maybe John was trying to process but had trouble adapting was when that elk would start to walk, he was ready to go into full draw because it's coming like a whitetail. Not the case. Like when that elk started to walk, he took two steps and then he ate for 20 more minutes. Mm -hmm. And he, he just was not in a hurry at all. But he's on like there's benches that go up this hill clear up to where that outfitter was. He's on a bench that if he comes straight across, it'll be 33, 34 yards max. Um, and wind is perfect. Everything's good. But I mean, it's, it's rattling him. It was rattling me watching it for 45 minutes. Cause it's a, it's a pretty nice bull elk. It was a, I, at that time I thought it was a six by four. It was a five by four. And I mean, he's coming we're, this. We're going to get a shot. It's if you, gonna if you had to guess, you, you think like three, three-year-old bull? Three or four. four yeah, probably bulls. three, I would assume, and because I see him again. But I think probably three. Um, Just curious. Yeah, probably three-year-old. And and definitely satellite bull. Didn't make a sound. Sure. Wasn't real interested in the cow calls. Um, yeah, and he hung out in this area. But it starts, you know, he's working his way, working his way. I mean, and he's damn close. And at some point, uh, I tell John, I said, Hey, listen, soon as he gets, cause I'm right over short. As soon as he gets into the hole, I'm going to tell you to draw. I'm going to cow call and he's going to stop and look right at us and you're going to kill him. He's like, what's that draw? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, just, I said, just listen to when I do that. I said, it's, I think it's 33. 
I said, but I want you to shoot 35 because it was uphill a little bit. I said, I want you to shoot for 35, just 35 yards right on him. So it's like five minutes goes by. He's getting closer. He's getting closer. It's getting a little darker, but I mean, we got plenty of light. I mean, we've got half hour, 45 minutes getting closer, getting closer. Finally, like he's getting ready to step in. And I think he tried to draw once. And I said, no, 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 no. Like, I don't, don't like you can't, we're not holding. And I noticed, and I don't know, you know, fatigue, um, you know, it's a long encounter. Yeah. Bull fever to a point. There was a struggle there a little bit. I didn't process it at the time because I'm trying to watch this bull to make sure he didn't see our movement. But when that bull finally steps into the hole and I said, draw, and I, and he stops and looks at us, John can't get his bow back. Mm-hmm. Um, How were you guys that whole time? Were you able to communicate? Could you talk, oh, dude, right talk, over, him, talk him down? Like, was he, did he calm down over time or as much as you can? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was like a nervous wreck by any means. I mean, hearts were pumping. Mine too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and arrow. You'd think though, broadhead was shaken. You I know, mean, as as you would think, because I mean, he, here's the thing, and I, I say this about whitetails. I'd rather it happen fast than have to watch that thing. Yeah, yeah. Case in point. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather it be like on me and have to do it, and then let the shakes fall apart with me, than watching that animal work its way in for almost an hour eats at you not to mention you know john's 63 you know he's had some shoulder and back issues in the past i give him credit for wanting to kill one with a with a compound sure could have been why you know a crossbow may have been better in the situation yeah um but you're holding that bow for an hour and a half basically from the time we got there to he's sitting there holding that bow the whole thing is i'm sure it's exhausting i mean dude it's it's easy for somebody to say oh yeah i'm gonna go elk hunting it's a whole nother thing for somebody to like strap up with all the gear and you know drive down there you know early mornings you know late nights yeah, and long walks and, i mean walks that especially at 63 years old yeah walks that he's not used to from a whitetail side like i know where he hunts and he walks into a lot of his spots but not walks like this yeah um you know and so when he goes to draw and i realize he ain't getting it back i i told stop stop stop, stop calm down come down. because he's just looking at us and i mean it's wide open He's just looking at us. He's not sure because we probably have a really good backdrop. We're like, tucked, <laughs> we're like tucked into this like autumn olive bush. And I said, take your time, draw. And it just it couldn't. And then I panic because now I'm frazzled. Like all of the methodicalness up to this point has just exploded into like, I don't know what to do at this point. Mm. In hindsight, I, sh- I should have grabbed his arm and tried to get him back over the hump because he was damn close. Yeah. Uh, but like, I would have done it. My mind wasn't there at the time mm. um, to think about it. And, and you guys were right, standing right next to each other. I was right over his right shoulder. I'm going to say I've done that. Have you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like maybe with Corey, I might have helped him. Well, because that's not that uncommon. People people do, you know, I'm sure people have seen videos of people can't, can't get up. their go, but both they've been shooting all summer for whatever reason. They're just like, it's it, almost part of like, it isn't target panic, but it is part of that same structure. Oh yeah. Um, What's well, just hard for somebody just sitting there listening to a podcast to imagine to put yourself in a situation where you're so overwhelmed with just um anxiety like anxiety ridden, adrenaline mm-hmm. pumping, just like, you know, twenty year tag in the making. It's it's been mid eighties. I mean, we're sweating. Like I mean you it's just hot. you almost just shut down. Like as it's like you're almost just like paralyzed, like a paralysis by like over over, you know, yeah excitement, I guess. And so he can't get it back. And then like three seconds later, that bull kind of, you know, whips it and tucks right back to where he went and just stopped. 
but at that point, like game over. Like Sorry. I think I call Cal called Adam once or something. Um, he just wasn't sure, mm. uh, and just kind of worked his way off. And it and like there becomes like the hardest part of in my mind, kind of being the assistant there is like, what do I say to him? You know, it, literally everything we work to do, and it's not easy. I mean, dude, if you look at the statistics of how many people kill a bull with a bow in that county, especially or in that unit especially with a compound bow, it's it's well, so, so few. Well, what can you do? I mean, fortunately, not to uh, like belittle your role in this situation, but like, it's not like, you know, you blew it, right? And it's just like, man, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, yeah. feel, you feel bad, you know, and you almost want to yeah. like sympathetically ask. I did, man. I, I felt horrible yeah, for I'm sure, I'm sure. And you want to you wanna ask though, like, I mean, to, for moving forward, it's the second day of the hunt or here or whatever. It's like, what, ha- what, ha- what happened? Are you okay? Like, well, that's that was kind of what um, it was more of like, I guess like consoling, like hey, like yeah. don't, don't worry about it, like well it'll be fine. Like but you asked, he didn't right? Really you know. said, hey, or, what happened? Why couldn't yeah, you get it back? Yeah, yeah. Because you'd want to know. Like that would be surprising. Yeah, I did, and I I don't know. We I was super frazzled at that point. Not like mad. I was just I don't I didn't know what the hell just happened. Interest interesting that you guys were like that frazzled after you know you'd think after forty five minutes you think after fifteen minutes you'd be like okay this we got plenty of time here like we did and I think we calmed down and then in, when it all came together and then it all fell apart that just threw it over the edge because yeah. I think we were holding it together for so long and then it just. <laughs> Are you sitting or standing? Standing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing to say. That didn't help. Yeah. And so I remember that that elk had left. And I remember walking out because all of a sudden now there's an elk bugling with cows back behind me to my right, which I think was the herd bull that we were in. But it's getting dark, right? Yeah. It's getting dark quick. So I walked out because I said, hey, I'm going to walk down here. That elk's gone. I'm going to walk down here and see if I can see where those bulls are just to get eyes on them. I walked. Is he okay at this point? Like, do you think he's like? No, he's he's completely upset with himself. Like, uh, and uh, yeah. beside himself for the night. Yeah, toasted brain, brain gone. You know, frustration. A- anything. You know, this is where I say it to Nick. Like, it, there was a high of high, and it went to a low of low really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I walk out, this is where my low of lows start. Is that outfitter starts whistling at me straight above me. He had made a move in, probably because he heard me cow calling down there to this thing, and made a move in right above me and was whistling like, hey, I'm up here. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Like, I get it. Like, cool. I'm down here. You're up there. Like, I don't need you to whistle at me. I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and No shit, Sherlock. What, yeah. a, what a great thing. Yeah. Classic. And uh, so now I'm mad because, like, I'm like, did he see this elk? Did we bump him up to his hunter? Like, I, you know, now I'm just like... So I come and get John. It's getting dark. I said, hey, let's let's get out of here. And I'm, I'll be honest, it was probably pretty quiet on that walkout. Um, Do you and John have a, the relationship where like yeah, you, we have you, a really you and I good, would talk about it? I'd be like, dude, are you, what yeah, happened? Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, we don't have this kind of relationship, but we have we have a pretty good relationship on it. Um, yeah, I I know that he's... he's like com- you can ask him, like, dude, what's going on in your head? Like, what's what happened? Like, do you need help? Like, do we need to do something? Yeah, I don't think we got to that level on the walkout. Part of me, I was starting to get a little heated from the outfitter whistling at me. Uh, the other part is, frankly, man, I worked really hard. And, like, I was disappointed for all, both of us sure. because I was like, holy... Like, sure. what I thought wasn't even possible. We just did it. We just did it. Yeah, and it didn't come together. 
So day two, right? One. First first <laughs> evening. First evening. Okay. Yeah, first evening. So we leave. But there's gotta be that sense oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and, hey, it's, and I didn't it's first think, day. Like, and I did tell him I did talk to him because I was like, Hey man, I don't really think he knew what was up. Yeah. Um he did look right at you. He looked right through <laughs> us, yeah, for a little while. But, but I think we're okay. So so here's where things get interesting, because we leave. When we're we're down at the truck, the outfitter and his his client are down there. And so the first thing he says to me is like, Man, you you guys walk right by a cow and a calf. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't care. I was hunting a bull. And he's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, Well, I'm just saying you walk right by. And I was like, Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like I was tucked in there hunting. So he didn't know that we'd seen that bull, and I didn't tell him either. Could you have shot a, bull, a cow? No. Oh, he could have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we hadn't seen one close yet. Okay. Um. So. Okay. So, uh, I said, yeah, you know, we were down there, and this is where it started to get a little dicey because I was like, yeah, I, I said when you stepped out, I was listening for that bull down there. He's like, oh, he's like, I didn't hear it. I was like, yeah. I was like, there's a bull and a cow calling down here. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that. And he's up above me. He sure as hell could hear it probably better than I could have. And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, you know, um, we, we definitely know there's some down in there. I said, we're, we're going to head back down there tomorrow um, and get in there. And so we leave. And on the drive home, we've, I finally, John and I have that conversation, which is like, hey, um, how much of this is like, you know, stress, anxiety, bull fever, and how much is of it, this is. You say, is it me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is it me? I'm sorry. Well, it's not you. Little, it's me. A little uh, performance issue, Jake. Yeah. There. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it? I me? swear this has never happened to me before. <laughs> That's not so the only thing you could ask in that question in that scenario is, is it me? Yeah, I swear it's never happened to me before. Um, so I said, I said, uh, hey, was it like you know buck fever, bull fever, anxiety? I said, or I said, are you having trouble pulling your bow back? Um, cause like I said, he, he's had some back and neck issues in the past. Um, and I know he, he didn't, when he had some of those issues, he didn't bow hump for a while you before. Took like, did you, did you do a any, little bit? Like, like, did you ask him? Hey, have you he shot, was shooting, have you the, shot he was shooting his bow? He was shooting his bow. Okay. He said it, we were down there Friday. He said he had shot it on Thursday. Man, you really got to check. Yeah. You know, not necessarily. I mean, I believe he did. I'm not saying that he didn't. I, I think he did. I just think that, um, probably how difficult it was to shoot was it was tough practicing, but in that scenario, nearly impossible. Sure. Uh, what, cle what clearly. Six, 60. Yeah. 60 probably. Mm -hmm. Um, so an out good out to 40, you know, and I, I mean, you kind of take their word for it at this point. Sure. So on the way home, I kind of said, Hey, you know, we can't, we, we got to figure something out. This is day one. Like we can't go out tomorrow like this and just have it happen again. I said, I'm going to take your bow, tune your bow down and we're gonna have to recite in. And I said, I don't want to do that, but I don't, I don't know any other choice. I think he was resistant to it at first mm -hmm. and probably more of a pride. Like I don't want to admit kind of what just happened. Mm -hmm. But the other thing was when we got back to his truck, his sight was loose, like super loose. Mm -hmm. Uh, floppy loose. So that needed fixed anyway. Um, so, and that maybe that happened like when we were going out. I don't know. So that night I tone, I, I take it down. Probably <laughs> yeah, probably not. I, I, t I tighten that up. I take it down a full turn. I adjust it a little bit. I, like I feel pretty good about that. 
Um, next morning we go out daybreak. I set up a target 30 yards. I actually shoot it first just to make sure like, cause the last thing you want at that point is for somebody to sling an arrow two feet over the target. Cause men mentally they're shot at that point. So I shoot it first. I get it dialed in. He shoots tough. And I asked him pretty much straight up. I said, are you, are you good with that? He said, yeah, let's go. I said, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think so. I think we need to take it down another notch. Not not a full notch, but a little what bit. What do you think? Like, why do you think he was struggling? Do you think just his age? Just it's not. I don't even think it's his age. I mean, this John is, I love him to death, and I'm glad that he, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that he really, really wanted to compound. 100%. Hunt. I mean, we're learning from this situation here. Yeah. So it doesn't just. Yeah, I mean. You know, I I've had shoulder issues. I I partially tore my rotator cuff and had oh, trouble. Oh, he said he's with had it. some shoulder and back yeah. issues. Yeah, and so I think that it's just he don't want to go to a crossbow. I think he was in pain. No, I think just weakness. Yeah, yeah. So I I think he just he doesn't want to go to a crossbow. That's that's not exciting for him. That's not what he wants to do. Um, sure. And I will say, you know, per the record check, most of these guys in archery season are killing them with crossbows in in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. The the far majority, in fact. That morning, there would have been 11 bulls checked in. Well, and, dude, per how long 11, it takes to draw, probably the average age is probably 60. Yeah, 11, 11 elk were killed, I think, in the first day and a half or something. 10 of them were killed by crossbow. How old was that other hunter, the client? Oh, 30. How did he draw a tag? He's I have no idea. Since he was 10? It's just random ass luck. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Hoyt Archery. Oh, dude, it's almost fall. You and I are both going to be in a tree stand with brand new Hoyt bows. We're going to be shooting the RX-7 carbon bow this year. I know Hoyt's also got the Venoms out, both equally smooth shooting, quiet bows. Heck yeah, man. We got a convert on our hands this year. We got a lifelong crossbow guy with a vertical bow in his hands for maybe the first time ever, a good friend of mine. And uh, we've got them all decked out with uh, the inline accessories uh, from the QAD integrated ultra rest uh, to the quiver. And also he's got the SL sidebar mount with a couple of stabilizers from Hoyt as well. So that's going to be a sick shooting bow. Yeah. And Hoyt's been cool enough that anyone listening to this can save 20% on any of the soft good apparels online using the code Hunter, H-U-N-T-R, no E. Uh, and if you want to look at the latest lineup of Hoyt bows, check out your local Hoyt dealer. Get serious, get Hoyt. So, yeah, we, so I sighted in because, again, at this point, even though you slept it off, um, you don't want that that mindset of, like, you know, now you missed the target. Or got whatever. a multi-pen sight or a single? Single pen. Mm -hmm. um, What's he shooting? What kind of bow? Bear. Oh, there's a problem. And a trophy ridge. <laughs> yeah. With, well, as a THP setup through and through. Well, <laughs> the other problem that I found when I was sighting it in is no sight tape. What do you mean? No sight tape on it. You said a single pin? I didn't know Trophy Ridge made a single pin. They do, pin. yeah, oh. but no sight tape. What was he shooting? Just the measurement tape? No no tape. Just sighted it in and at 30 and then hold it low for 20, hold it high for 40. Okay, so he wasn't moving it. He, Correct. He just had it pinned in for 30. Yep. Okay. So I shoot in, he shoots, I lower it again. Bold strategy got him. Yeah, re-sighted in. He shoots two arrows, really good. He drew fine. Let's go. Okay. Now we we wasted forty five minutes, fifty minutes it probably. Wasted, I mean, it's necessary. Yeah, it was necessary. I, yeah, we weren't coming back. Necessary. Yeah, necessary. <laughs> um. So we go in same spot. I was like, okay, we're going right to where. Basically, we had a morning spot, which is where we jumped that cow the first evening, and we had an evening spot, which was where we just saw the bull the night before. So let's go back into the morning spot. 
We go right back in there. This time I'm walking through, don't smell any elk. So wind is good. We're able to get right above the bed where this cow had bedded and there's this like little secluded pasture, like right in the middle. It looks awesome. I mean, I feel really good. And so wind is perfect. Did you get any pictures while you were down there? Yeah, I've got some to show you. Um, I'd like to see some. As yeah. Let me see them. Okay. Yeah, I'll flip through as you're kind of talking here. And uh, so we're, um, we're on this hillside. And so I'm not sure what to do or how to take it at this point. Um, it, and I, I say that from like, so like here's one of our first spots. Like that's how thick that stuff was down there. Okay. Like super thick. Like that's what the mountains mm-hmm. kind of look like down there. And then, like, here's, like, that tucked-in spot where I'm at right Ooh. now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I got a gist for it. Okay. So, that's that spot we're sitting in. And uh, so, based on how that bull reacted the night before, I was like, I'll tell you what. You're going to sit here, tucked into this. Basically, it's an elk bed. You're going to sit in this tucked-in elk bed, look down into this field. I'm going to go ten, five yards to your right and I'm going to sit off of this tree so I can look out that way but I'm going to try to call them through to you so sit up there we're there five minutes right over the hillside bugle goes off I mean loud cow bugle and I'm like and so I'm, I'm still at this point of like I don't know what is the outfitter and I don't know what is a bull like I, I don't know right and I know where the outfitter parked and I'm like damn I was like maybe he came down that hill and he walked that bottom and he's down in this bottom bugle bugle oh my what the hell man so I cow call at it at this point because I'm like All right. and it was like you know worth a shot he bugles back and so I'm like I don't know I don't think so um, <laughs> but I don't know I, I didn't even get to like look at John to say like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, here comes an elk through the thicket right next to John. Like I can hear him coming, mm. not fast, just slow elephant through like the woods type of thing. And I, I tell John, I'm like, Hey, he's coming right here. Soon as I said that he tried to go in the draw full draw. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The, again, I think it's the, did he get it back at least? He didn't, he didn't get he to that him. point before I was like, stop, stop. Him, yeah. stop. yeah. I, I, again, I think at this point, it's that whitetail mindset of like, here he comes. Like, I need to get ready because he's coming. That elk's not doing that. So I'm listening. I can hear him next to him. Then I kind of don't hear anything. And, you know, I kind of look at him. I was like, I don't hear him. Uh, and we're close enough that we can kind of like whisper and he's not going to hear us. Wind is perfect, like mm-hmm. right up over the top. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And then I looked down and here comes that same bull from the night before, right, right in front of me, like right, right down the pipe. And I was like, pull, 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 right here. And he, he went in a full draw. Uh. And I, I didn't know what the bull was going to do, but he, he locked up. And when he locked up, I knew he wasn't going to move. And I said, Hey, he's not, he's not moving. He, he stopped. You have to let down. Wait, did he hear the draw or something? No, I just think just super cautious. He he had heard the the cow call, so now I think he's coming and looking for a cow at this point. And so John holds for a while. He did get back, lets down, kind of makes a little bit of noise to where the bull's like, you know, what was that? But not enough. And I'm like down in this grass, like tucked in. This bull's looking right through me. Like mm-hmm. I, I I feel like he's looking at me, but he's not. He's looking right through me. Mm-hmm. John's tucked in around the corner enough that he doesn't see him. 
Um, but I mean, it's got his nose and John's window has to be like touching at this point. And so it's like a stare off for like five minutes. That bull was, is bugling like hell over the hillside. Not that far either. Like to the point where at one point I'm like, he may be coming. Like he, he's right down there somewhere. And this bull kind of was in the same boat. He's like, oh, is that, if he's coming, I don't, I don't want to be here when he gets up here. Cause he's going to kick my ass. Um, and so he basically, he takes a couple more steps. He's just kind of locked up. And I don't think John can see him at this point because he keeps looking at me like, what's he doing? What should I do? Where is he? You know, and I'm kind of just saying, you know, he's here. Just calm, calm down. He's, he's right here. He takes a few more steps. And I told, and maybe this is on me. I told John, I was like, okay, he's starting to walk. And as soon as I did that, he went into full draw again. And I, you know, I thought I was clear, probably wasn't that like, hey, don't draw until I tell you to draw type of thing. But at this point, I'm like, I mean, I shot this bull three times already with my, the bow in my head. Mm. It, he has to be five inches from John being able to shoot him. And I can't see what he's looking at, right? But I told him, I said, you have to hold. Like, you have to hold. I felt like uh, Braveheart. Hold! <laughs> He's drawn. He's drawn. I was like, you got, because at this point, I think the bull is actually, I think he can see the bull because he's right there. It's, and this is 25 yards, 25 yards straight below us. And I was like, you got to hold because if he takes one more step, I think you're killing him. And at some point he looks at me like, I can't, I can't hold. I can't hold. And I was like, try, like try to hold, try to hold. And he lets down and the bull looks up. He's still not sure. He's froze up. I'm kind of confused now. Again, this is where me mentally, I fall apart on these things. Cause I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like how, how do you not see him or how do you not pull one of these? You know, the little, like, let me just lean it to the right and yeah. see what's there. Yeah. Cause I mean, he is right there, right, right there. Right. Um, at one point I thought maybe he was looking too far out in the field. Cause this thing was right underneath yeah, us. I couldn't see him. Yeah. Like I'm looking out here. I don't see him and he's right there. Is that possible? Still, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, long story short, that bull turned around and walked right back where he came from. And I don't know how, what my reaction was at that point. I fell apart for sure. Um, you know, I, I was, but I was intrigued by the, the herd bull at yeah. this point. I'm calling yeah. the herd bull, the bugler. Plan B. Yep. Cause this, this bull, the that, bugler, the bugler, we, this bull had not made a peep the entire time. He was there probably every day. He was not bugling. Mm -hmm. He was not making any noise. That, that was, that was daddy over there. Mm -hmm. He was the one who was rolling this area. Yep. And, and transparently, I never got eyes on him. Mm -hmm. Um, so winds kind of switch a little bit. This bull's long gone. Like I watched him. I videotaped him. Um, oh yeah. I'd like to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Big old T Rex out there screaming. That's a shooter. Yep. Go the other way. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, you shoot that thing. Mm hmm. So, I mean, you can see. So, anyways, I watched this bull kind of go off, disappear. And at this point, I'm like, I know where he's bedded. Like, it's so strange. In a day and a half, I'm confident to a 50 by 50 area, I know where this deer's bedded or this elk's bedded. Mm -hmm. I just, I know where he's at. So he goes off. We move on the other side of the field. I cow call, and I think I actually bugle at this point, and I get that herd bull to sound off, but he's way down in this valley below me, like way down there. 
Um, I think John and I actually make a move to where I'm like, hey, let's take this hillside out and see if we can't. And I think I that was probably step one to me breaking John. He'd probably admit that too. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't easy terrain, um, but I was like, I gotta I gotta try to get eyes on this thing. And I said, also, hey, I you're knew hunting. You just go. Well, I knew where this other bull was going. And so I was like, if we can get around here and keep the wind in our favor, I said, we might be able to head him off. Or all of a sudden he thinks that cow moved and he comes back in. It, it was rough terrain for sure. I mean, it was pretty nasty hill, mm-hmm. climbing trees type of thing. Um, yeah, he probably didn't like, John didn't like me probably after that. But we get up to this top and that herd bull at this point had, was like two, 300 yards from us moving in our direction. He ends up shutting up at some point and we, I bump, uh, a cow out of her bed and, um, but I don't think it's him because I could hear, I heard him another time down further, but I'm like, Hey, they're down by that water hole where we were set up last night. I said, let's get out of here. And I said, let's get right back in there tonight. It's like one o'clock at this point. So we get out. Dang. That's a long morning hunt. Yep. So this is where it gets interesting. We get out and we we run into the outfitter, same thing down. We're all parking at the same area. And, uh, you know, I was like, I was like, Hey, you heard that bull in it this morning. He's like, Oh, he's like, what, which one? I was like, you know, it was like down in the bottom. He's like, Oh no, that was us. I was like, Oh really? He's like, yeah. He's like, we started up here. We went down in that bottom, went way up and we were up on that side working that whole hillside. And then we worked our way back out. I was like, Holy shit, man. I was like, I was like, I, I thought it was a bull. Um, he's like, yeah, no, we were, you were cow calling and stuff down there. I was like, yeah. He's like, no, that was, that was us down there. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, okay. Um, shit, man. I was like, we were up above you. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I think I heard you a couple times. I was like, yeah, we were up there. I was like, we didn't see anything. I wasn't telling him at this point. Like I saw a bull and we were all over it. So we leave. And when we come back in, what did you think of that? Did, like, did you feel like he was yes. being truthful with yeah, you? Yeah. Well, this is my gullible freaking faults of like, yeah, I'm trying to like, I'm being honest with this. I, yes, I have not told this guy that I'm all over a bowl, but I've told him everywhere we are well, and, I, and what we're you doing. You can see the opportunity for some, if, if somebody were wanting to like, whatever, miss a lead, you could say, Oh, it was me. We went where you heard that, where, yep. you, where you thought you heard a bull. It was me. Yep. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm, I think we're on the same page. And, and clearly how we're hunting this area, I think we're, which we're why, on the same Which page. why would you want to mislead? There's more than one bull in there. I'll tell you why you want to mislead in a second. But, but um, yeah, so no, I think we're on it. So we go out, we eat lunch. John and I go back. We change. We come back out. We go right back into our hole. Dude, it's so funny. At this point, I'm almost like too confident in things. Because, I mean, in two hunts, we've been all over this bull. We literally, so wind switched, it's coming out of the south right now. So we get up on the hillside in the pines, basically where the bull had walked last night. We're now buried in those pines because the wind's coming in our favor this time versus it was the other way. We literally sit down. I look back at John. I'm like, smell it. He's right there. He's bedded right there. And he's like, he's like, are you sure? I'm like, 100%. He's bedded right there. 10 minutes, I hear him coming. <laughs> and it's like, holy shit. It's crazy. And and I, I'm i telling you, I could have put a, a whole hula hoop over the area he was bedded. I think someone was up with that bull. Like, why? why? Just, a, just a young, I mean, three, four-year-old, young, uh, probably three-year-old, younger satellite bull. 
you know, and it's just, I think those elk, I mean, those elk aren't like Western elk, you know, I mean, right. they're not getting chased around by grizzlies and wolves and shit like that. Yeah. You know, they're just cows. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll say this at this point, I, I believe that there probably is less elk there than there used to be. But I think 100% the reason that all the locals think that there are none out, you can't it's see. Thick, yeah. 10 years ago, they told me, they're like, dude, it was the surface of Mars. Like you could look out and it was like a little bit of grass and just all barren and be like, oh, there's a herd of 30. Mm-hmm. There's a herd of 15. Mm-hmm. There's six bulls in this field. And now now you look at, can't see shit. Yeah. Ain't nothing out there. So that, there probably are less elk, but they're they're in there. So we, we set up, we're perfect. I mean, to 10 minutes and it's hot. I mean, this sun is just baking us. Here he comes working right down into the water hole again. I'm watching him, listening to him, go into the water hole. Said, hey, he's down at the water hole. I can see the trail he came up last night. I said, if he comes up out of the trail 22 yards, you're going to kill him right there. As soon as I hear him moving up from the water hole, I hear a four-wheeler. And I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? I was like, okay, that's the outfitter. Um, and it's 30 minutes before dark at this point. And John's like, is he coming down here? I was like, no, because we park. So it's an old logging road the whole way down. We blocked the logging road. Like you're, we, you're, you're day two, second evening, right? Day two, second evening. Okay. Yep. We, and we've hunted there the whole time. We block the logging road. That's how we access. So it's like, hey, we're here. Um, I'm listening. I'm like, I'm like, son of a bitch. I was like, somebody's coming down. So I get up and I, I work right back to where we came up. I'm basically five feet off the road because I'm waiting to see like, you know, who is because there we had seen the weekend before we had seen just people joyriding and stuff. You mm-hmm. could tell people just ride it. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch is if, if it isn't the outfitter and his client driving straight down that road. And I'm like... On a Ranger. like On a, on a side-by-side. Yeah. Yep. Can't am. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they get like right next to me and I'm literally going like this because I hear the elk run. I'm like... And they don't even look at me. Yeah. Didn't see it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like we're almost a mile back in 20 minutes before dark and you decide to drive your side by side the whole way down in what what are you what are you doing Mm -hmm. so they shut it off and i start whistling at them like they don't acknowledge me don't even look in our direction like what and i dude i am flames at this point flames coming out so i take my bugle i bugle as loud (laughs) as i fucking can i'm talking like i bet john's ears are still ringing from that thing that son of a bitch cow calls back at me like I'm an elk bugling at him. Uh, you just drove by me on a side-by-side. They're not that stupid. Like, uh, what the hell? And so I, I'm i sure he heard me. Like, I called him a fuckhead or whatever. I was pissed, man. I was I was on fire. And so I was told John, I was like, let's go. We're out. So we walk out. And so this is where the lows of lows come in because I'm, I'm just – I'm – really really toasting at this point and uh we end up seeing him and i told him i was like dude you drove right by us like you knew we were down in there you drove right by us and i i don't know just at this point i'm like i don't know maybe stupid mistake i also know that that wasn't him saying that he hiked seven miles back in there because he just drove right down in there. Mm-hmm. So clearly it was an elk down there. He was now coming in to try to find that elk here. Mm-hmm. So 
like I, I don't even remember what I said. I was blacked out mad. So we we leave at this point, and I said, "You talked to him. You guys had like an yeah, altercation? brief brief altercation because it was starting to rain too. Like they came down when we were packing up, and I was just like, I, he said something to me, and I made a, a shitty comment back to him about riding by us, and he was like, oh, I don't, you know, I didn't see you. It was like you drove right by the the fucking side by side. You do it. You, it's yeah. blocking the yeah. road. Yeah. I didn't know that's where you were. I was like, you saw me last night down there. You literally whistled at me. I was standing right in the same spot last night. Yeah. So this is where it kind of gets starts getting dicey. But I, I feel like I'm pretty clear. And I said, I'll be that I'll be back in there in the morning. I said I'll be in the same spot tomorrow morning. Don't be there. Don't be Don't there. Don't let me see you. So we leave. We come back. Next morning, he's parked in his normal spot. We go the whole way around. We park in in our spot. <laughs> same thing. This time I said, block the road. Like the whole road must be blocked. Block the road. We walk down. We go into our morning spot where we had the bull encounter in the morning before. Super foggy. Soup, like can't see, like soup. Can't see anything. Probably 20, 30 minutes after being in that spot. Son of a bitch driving right down that road again. Right down into the bottom. And I'm like, I, I'm surprised there's not a forest fire from my skull exploding. Is it possible that like is it one of the main roads or something like where, no. he, where he's like this guy can't block the road I got to no, get down No it's here. clearly one of the roads that you're not allowed to drive down unless you're retrieving an animal It's it's oh. the purpose the purpose of the ATVs is to get the animal And you don't have an ATV right you're parked on a truck No we side by side up at the top where the parking area is You do okay. So we come in a gate <clears throat> it's your Ranger Uh no it's it's John's uh Gator okay. John Deere Gator Okay So we park there's a gate down by the main highway Gator don't take no shit Yeah <laughs> There's a gate down by the main highway. We park there, right? We unload our ATVs. Then you drive what would be like the main road. It's like a gravel road up to the top of the hill. Okay. When you get up to the top of the hill, you park there, and then it's old logging roads off the top of the so hill. So just playing devil's advocate, like trying to put myself in his shoes. Like mm -hmm. if I saw you park there, like uh, th there's no possible way that he could have just been like, well, I just, I got to get around this. Like, what's this guy doing? N not especially after you, I told you what happened the night before. Okay. Clearly. Did you say something like, hey, I was blocking the road like to show you we were down there or no? Yeah, we'd done it the whole time. He drove by our vehicle multiple times and saw how it was and never came down. Right, right. Never came down. Yeah. So here he comes, drives right down there. And it's like, like I said, just soupy foggy. And I'm just mad at this point. I don't know what's happening. My brain's like exploding. Like, you know, I'm just like punching, punching trees. A lot of anger for day three. Oh, uh, dude, it just, just. I'll just have some fucking ethics. Yeah. Like, try not to just trample and ruin somebody else's time. We have a thousand acres. Where you'd been parking is literally 400 feet from where you end up. You're just lazy and won't walk down the hill. You can walk right down the hill. He mm -hmm. won't. You're going to drive the whole way around and just spook everything and blow everybody else's hunt because you're lazy. Mm -hmm. So, we're sitting there and... I heard him. I heard him cow call and bugle a couple times. I knew it was him because they just got off the damn side by side, and I'm just like, oh, life. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm out of my mind at this point. And it was like five minutes later, and it's, it's so funny because it's, it's dead quiet, like dead quiet, and like straight across from me, I hear like a tree fall over, and I'm like, I look at John. I literally said, if a tree falls in the wood, no one, no one's around to hear it. Does it make sound? Fuck, makes sound. Because it was so loud, dude. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And we got a lot of rain. Like, I assume, like, part of the hillside came out. 
sitting there like 20 more minutes and uh, I hear his four wheeler fire up and they leave. So I'm mad at this point, but I'm like, all right, it's nine o'clock. Like we can figure something out here. And like, we're just, I was like, let's just sit here. So we can't really see much anyway. It's pretty foggy. Um, and probably 10, 12 minutes later, here they come back again. And I'm like, what the hell? I was like, if they didn't forget something, they shot one, they shot something. So the cool thing about Kentucky is they have uh, an instant telecheck system. So when you kill an animal, you're supposed to telecheck it before you move. It's like Teletubby com. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Basically the same. The same thing. Same thing. Same, same. <laughs> uh, but different. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking at the county I'm in an elk and nothing had been checked in. You know, there were other, other ones that had been checked in. So I'm sitting there. And it's there. live. So like right when you shoot an elk, you go on this app or whatever and check it yep, in. Check it in whenever you have service, check it in. And so nothing's been there. And I hear their thing fire up again and, and leave. And yeah, at this point, John and I are like, I don't know. Maybe they did kill some. Maybe they didn't. I said, but yeah, it, like they need to check it in. Like it has to come on there. And like I said that and I scroll down and it pops up. Guy's name, Boel Crossbow. And I was like, shit. He's like, what? I was like, one just showed up. It's the only one in the county that had been killed so far. Mm. And so I copy his name and I go to Facebook. And there's Mr. Hardware in his face on Facebook. And I was just, mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know how many cuss words I said, but it was a lot. <laughs> I was toasted, dude. I was mad. Cause I knew, have you ever been around an angry Jeremy Nick? I knew. I don't know if you've ever seen I that. I think I have. I knew not, that. Not pretty. <laughs> I knew that he had killed that bull too. I knew he didn't kill the herd bull. I knew he killed the bull that we were hunting. Yeah, yeah. Because of where it was. It was so killable. Well, and, and it ended up like what we heard was the bull crashing. He had shot and the bull crashed. So, yeah. it, so amazing that you didn't hear the shot. Didn't hear the shot. Um, You'd think if you heard him crashing, you'd have heard him. Yeah. Heard I shoot. know exactly where. So we ended up going back down there. So long story short, like. I didn't run in. We got out of there and they were already gone. Um, bull was already gone. We ran into a guy who said, yeah, I saw the bull. It looked like a five by four. I was like, yeah, it's probably the bull that we, we saw. And um, so we left and I said, hey, we, uh, I said, he probably killed that bull. Oh, but we need to go down to where the herd bull's been down way in the bottom. Like we're talking two mile walk this time. Um, that's the only thing that I, that makes sense to like get down there. Yeah. So we get down there pretty early. We walk <laughs> way down in the bottom. Uh, I can see where his, the tracks were and I, we flushed a bunch of buzzards and I mean, did he kill that bull 120 yards from where we were sitting? Mm-hmm. He shot it probably at 80 yards, I would assume on the hillside <laughs> and it died about 120 yards from, from where we were sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. As I well, when I saw like the remnants and gut pile, I was pretty pretty pissed as well. Were there um, actual trees out there? Like yeah, okay, oh yeah, there was oaks and stuff on those hillsides and things. Um, yeah, chestnut oaks. That's what I was. I was actually hunting some of the acorns there, thinking those elk were were working that area. Yeah. So yeah, kind of seeing the scene of where it was also was just a huge like bitter because t- I mean you just knew there's this dude like probably resting on this side by side with a four by 12 scope, you know, <laughs> popping this thing at 90. Yards. He told me he'd shoot a hundred yards with that w- Raven. Oh yeah. They'll go 120. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to rip one of those things right out of his face. Oh man. And, uh, so yeah, 
at this point, Jeremy's in the low of lows at this point. Like I'm, I'm deep, but like it's, um, I've got a little bit of like hope of like, okay, like they're out of here now. We've got this area. Um, How's John responding to all this? Like, is he, uh, John, at does this he get point, fired up? Is he just kind of along for the ride? Well, or? John at this point is worried that, because he sees angry Jeremy. Yeah. And so yeah. just, like, you just the kids just, you sit in the back and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's worried at this point that I'm mad at him, which I'm not. Um, not mad. Yeah. Daddy didn't mean to hit mommy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I crush I crush some uh, several lunch beers. Uh, oh yeah, I, I crush several, yeah. several lunch beers. You know, try to mellow Just out. Um, but yeah, so he's 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 hoping that I'm not mad at him, which I'm not. I'm just mad at just like how this whole thing went down, especially because uh, at this point I realized that the the outfitter played me. Yeah. I had been basically very honest and open about everything, except for like when I actually were, we were on the bowl and this dude had lied completely mm. the whole time, mm. full of shit the entire time. Uh, and didn't care, didn't care if he screwed up our hunts. All that mattered was his client killed something, which I later found out that those guys were charging a $4,000 flat fee, no room and board just to, to meet up with you and take you out 4,000 bucks. If they killed a bull, it was a $2,000 trophy fee. And if they killed a cow, it was a $1,000 trophy fee. Mm. So you're telling me that those guys won't do anything to kill a bull or a cow. Absolutely. It's a lot money. of money in Eastern Kentucky. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm just furious at this guy that he, and it, you know, we start talking to some people and everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And he's a piece of shit. Mm. Classic. Did you consider going over? Like when you heard, when you figured they had shot something, did you think like, hey, we'll go, let's go over and see what they shot? Yeah, um, I did. But then I was thinking when they went back to the truck, because that that's what they did is they probably yeah. went back to the truck and then they came back. I was thinking that they would have checked it in or something at the truck because they it sounded like they had been down there and then they left. Like they maybe quartered some of it out and then came back for the rest. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it would show up on the the thing. So when they came back, first of all, I didn't think they were going to drive down there at first. I thought, oh, they, they're going to hunt somewhere else up there. I thought they went out. There's yeah. a couple other logging yeah, roads yeah. that kind of went out. Um, and then when I heard them coming down, I was just like, what, the, what are you doing? Like, what the hell is going on? And that's why I'm sitting there refreshing. I was like, like I don't know if they killed anything. By the time I would have got out there, I mean, it, it was thick and gnarly. I mean, it would have taken me a while to get out there, even if I was hauling ass, um, to get out to the road that they were coming back up. Mm. Um uh, probably best that I didn't see them. Sure. Because that would have not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't have been great. Um, I've probably been shot with a raven, would be my guess. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine, after all the shit we've done? The talked, ironic. That'd be the way to go. <laughs> so ironic. By a raven. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, That's poetic. Yeah, in poetic justice there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they're gone. We go down there. Um, I do see a really nice eight-point in velvet. Uh, we, we don't see an elk. We don't hear an elk. We don't see an elk. We see a bunch of whitetail. Nothing. Um, and that's a long walk out. Then, at, at, you know, when it gets dark, I'm like, hey, let's go. So we walk out the whole way. And um, John is pretty defeated at this point. 
The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Muddy and Stealth Cam Trail Cameras. Cell cams, cell cams, cell cams. What an evolution the industry has seen and we've experienced personally over the past five, ten, you know, whatever cameras were invented, right? It's like, man, it's totally changed the way that we inventory deer, pattern deer, and ultimately the decisions that we make when we're going out to hunt. They're a serious piece of the puzzle and, and uh, you know, that information is invaluable for us. We trust the Muddy and Stealth Cams, you know, together to be able to, to collect any of that information. Yeah, I mean, as an admitted trail cam addict, you know, I've definitely been guilty of of under hunting places or relying too heavily on that information that's come in that said it's an invaluable tool to the overall management plan and strategy that i have for my own properties or even hunting public land it doesn't matter we have a finite amount of time in going out and hunting so when you and i are after a particular class or quality of deer usually a mature buck we can't waste time hunting an area where that deer doesn't exist. And those cell cams provide that information that allow us to spend the time in the area with the highest chance to accomplish our goals. I say it all the time, man. You can't kill them if they're not there. That's it. So right now, any of our listeners can use uh, code HUNTER20 to get 20% off either Muddy or Stealth cameras. Uh, we're certainly going to be taking advantage of that, and we hope you guys do too. Yep, check out Stealth Cam and Muddy. Where are you guys um, eating and stuff? Where are, you, where are you staying and where are you eating? So we're staying in an Airbnb about 35 minutes away. Okay. It's a nice, nice Yeah, bed, really nice Airbnb. Yourself. Yep, okay. yep. And uh, food, like you guys oh, went we grocery found shopping? A, and- no. Well, we did. We had some, we had sandwiches and stuff, but we found this really nice barbecue place mm. five minutes from where we were hunting. Mm-hmm. So we we were frequent customers there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crushing beers, watching football, uh, eating yeah. wings, what pizza. Was the, what was the beer of choice on this trip? Blue Moon. Blue Moon, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Trying to watch my figure. It had to have an orange in it. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Healthy. Healthy. So, yeah. So, you know, Vitamin we were. C. Yeah. And so then they had really good food. Um, can't remember what it was called, honestly, but a great, great place. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in decent spirits, but walking out like, uh, he had put put some miles on. Like I was ready to go, man. I would have humped those hills as long as I needed to. He was feeling it at this point, you know. And and I think emotionally drained from the chances that he had, and then them killing that. Um, I think physically drained because he had walked and been in some stuff that he wasn't used to by any means. Um. So the next that was on Sunday, and then um. Monday, Monday morning, they killed that Monday evening. We walk out Tuesday and Wednesday are supposed to be rainy. And so on the way home Monday, he's kind of like, I'm done. Uh, and we have two weeks to hunt. I mean, not that we had like, he had a week off. Um, but the, the archery season was two weeks. He's like, I'm done. You know, I'm just, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm worn out. Um, cause I was going to lay low for the rain days. Um, probably, you know, or play the breaks. Um, and I was like, well, we have to return this key anyways. Like we need, we have to go back down to the, uh, the town anyways to return this key. I was like, we might as well hunt in the morning and, uh, at least check out a couple of the other areas up there and just, you know, see if we hear a bull or anything. It was beautiful the next morning too. And so we went down there and uh, we didn't hear shit. We walked a big ridge. And, I, dude, I bugled my balls off the whole because nobody was out there. So mm-hmm. um, I bugled a lot. Actually, on Monday, I checked out a couple new ridges. I walked them out myself where I thought that herd bull was. You'd think that would give you, like, new. Yeah, just defeated. New, new strength that, like, you have the whole place yourself. And it's up now. to him, right? I don't have a tag. It's, you know, whatever he wants to do, sure. I'm I'm there as the assistant. Um, 
You know, I think that, uh, I, you know, I don't know. He was very appreciative of the hunt. I think he, um, it was probably way more than he could have expected. Um, frankly, for me, it was like, you know, we could have ended up in that same position and not have seen an elk track if we were hunting the other place. Mm-hmm. So. One thing I can say about older guys, you know, the, the older you get, the more you are very aware of your limits. Yep. You know, yep. and so like we want to, as young guys, we want to keep pushing, right? We'll, mm-hmm. we'll overexert ourselves till we, mm-hmm. you know, lose a finger or, you know, get, get hurt, you know, you get hurt. Yes. Right. And so, you know, you got to admire that about the older guys. They, they know where the limits are. Yeah. So you kind of got to listen to um, You know, I look at it as like, well, maybe there's other chances. There's a herd bull in there for sure. I never did lay eyes on That'd them. keep me going. I never laid eyes on that herd bull. I mean, there. we had seen basically two cows. At one point I did see, it was, uh, I think it was the night that he, I don't know if this, it must've been the night that he had that opportunity the first night or it could have been the night that guy drove in. I saw like a group of elk, like three or four, which is the most I had seen. And I'm assuming that had the herd bull in it or he was nearby. Uh, but it was super dark. They went right up to where our morning spot was. Like, mm-hmm. they were in that area. So, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, he just, I think he experienced everything he wanted to experience with it. Um, sure, like, if we would have killed one. I mean, he, if he if he shot a crossbow, we would have killed one first evening. So, you guys hunted for only four days in a, um, in a morning? Three days in a morning. Saturday, Sunday, Monday in the morning. Pretty quick. Yeah. That's a, lot, that's a lot that transpired in three days. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, I was shot as well. Um, wow. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around why that was so, like, to, you know, did it seem like the guy was, like, following you around? Or, like, it just seemed like you couldn't get away from He was him. going to the same spot every day, um, which he was not in the game to, like, be in bow range. But where he was, he was in the game to try to see everything like see all the elk and i guess make a move from there then again i don't know like his client would shoot 100 yards with that thing so maybe he could have shot off of that top rock he was sitting in a rock that i ended up going to on monday morning and called off of and i mean i could see a long way saw a bunch of whitetail when i was up there but like dude i wouldn't have been able to make and again i don't know because i'm i'm thinking of me bow hunting and he's thinking of him with a a cross gun Mm-hmm. Right, Nick? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I don't know. Maybe he would launch one off there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he went to the same spot every day. And if he didn't hear him or see him, they didn't do anything. Um, and once he knew where those elk were and he knew that we were getting aggressive on them, that's when I think he felt threatened and had to get down in there. And he just drove down in there. Mm. And, and maybe I'm naive, too. Maybe those elk don't give a shit about the side-by-side. But the fact is, is that wasn't legal on that property to do what he did. Mm. Um, you, yeah. t- you called me. I called you. Well, I don't know. We, we, ho- we hooked up there at some point. It was right after that. And you were telling me. It was, it was what Monday, Monday afternoon. And I asked you, I said, is it illegal? Like, you know, he's breaking the law. And I was like, call Game Warden. I did. Yeah. Well, that's what you said. You're like, yeah, they're out of town. They're on vacation or something. Yeah. I was yeah. like, for the opener of elk season? Both of them. Two of the, two of the county wardens are, were out. I wrote my other buddy who's a game warden, and I said, listen, I, you know, do do with this information what you want. Um, I'm not looking to, like, ruin anybody's day. I said, it, it sucked. It was not fair, but, you know, life isn't either. So mm-hmm. I said, take it for what it's worth. And he's like, yeah, they're just pieces of shit. They don't care. Yeah. Meaning the outfitter groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
which is why I have a bitter taste in it. I do have a bitter taste that they also were allowing them to guide on public land, not even in my case, but in other public lands. It's like, dude, how are these people allowed to make money off a of public resource? I but don't... It's, it's private land, right? But it's classified. It's a regulated. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can they guide on true public land? Yeah. They can. Yeah. He could have taken them to a, a wildlife management area in that unit and guided them. Hmm. That, that's a weird one. We've touched on that before, like, because most of the guides in Colorado and stuff, that's public land, but there's there's way more of it, I, mm-hmm. I feel. And they pay a permit fee to do so. Absolutely. I don't think these guys do. Oh, yeah, that doesn't seem right. Interesting. So, yeah, so we, if, you know, essentially Tuesday morning it wrapped up, and uh, I ended up going up to, to, to the farm, which is like an hour and a half away. I'm, like, walking my anger out a couple hills, but... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of anger on this trip. Well, I mean, dude, first of all, it was awesome. It it bit me with the elk bug uh, because I went into it a complete newbie. I couldn't even blow a, a cow elk call. Throw an old school uh, Midwest Vital reference at you. You were like Peruka with a oh. uh, angry sportsman rate yeah. Uh, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, completely like got me. Like, uh, dude, by the time we were on the last day, I was bugling and I was cow calling. I felt good, man. I felt like I could I felt like I could work one in pretty well. Um, so I love that aspect. It, I love spending that time. That That's my terrain, like that Eastern Kentucky, like heavy woodland type stuff. That's what I grew up hunting in, in like strip mines of Pennsylvania and stuff. So that, that's kind of my go-to. Um, we, we had kind of just had several conversations here at the podcast about woodsmanship and stuff. Mm-hmm. And dude, that whole first day and a half, man, it was just gut. Reading it. Gut instinct, reading it, smelling it, playing the right, wind. Top to bottom. Thermals. Man, I was just... And I think that was what was so exhausting is I was so on point for like a day and a half that when it just didn't happen and then that guy killed it the next day, I just... Just to get beat out ultimately by a side-by-side on a crossbow probably... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I didn't feel great. No, because I was was like... Therein lies, though, the death of uh, woodsmanship. Yeah, because I was in my element. Yeah, I mean, here, here are two guys that didn't know anything about elk hunting that came in that put the plan together and in the first evening and i looked there were like i think there were like 30 or so elk that were killed in uh kentucky by tuesday only one of those had been killed on open land meaning a a, an area or public land with a compound bow um everything else was basically private land crossbow and like one or two private land or or public land crossbows Mm um so yeah, I I spent a lot of time kind of that that afternoon into the next day looking at the statistics and stuff. Um, and I don't know, it, guys have asked me since that because I've talked to a bunch of people about the Elkhorn and um, even some guys who have some tags here later in the season. I know a couple guys who have elk tags here for gun season coming up. And um, uh, they for sure over-harvested. Um, from about 2009 to 2014 or 15, they were killing, you know, 500 to 600 cows and 200 plus bulls a year. I don't know why. Not to mention, and this is no disrespect to that area, there's a lot of poaching and other shit going on there. It's backwoods, eastern Kentucky. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they, they mowed a lot of these elk out. Um, I don't know why. Is that a, did that hurt or like, were they brought in? Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. They don't. Yep. They don't live there. No. Nope. Historically, they had, but they were brought in. 
Uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation was a big part of that. Um, they were spending, I don't know what it was, like a million plus dollars a year bringing in elk from out west into there. Um, and, I mean, they thrived. Uh, and they killed some big bulls. In fact, somebody found a 430 dead or something like that. Wow. Yeah, giants. Um, and, uh, yeah, the habitat has changed, and I, d- I do believe that's a lot of the reason the elk aren't gone. They're there. They just aren't visible anymore or as visible. Um, but they for sure harvested way too many. And since then, it's fallen off a lot. Like the, the number of tags issued in the harvest success is like, it used to be 90% and it's like 50, 60% now. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't understand. I, that's a great question for somebody that's involved with the department of like, <clears throat> you know, was it habitat? Like, did they get out of control too fast? Was it political? Like, were they in backyards and causing vehicle accidents that they're like, hey, we got we to gotta keep these in better check? I, I don't know what that answer is, but... Um, it's kind of sad because you can, we were in, um, we were in this area of like Hazard County and stuff, which is like deep Eastern Kentucky. Um, great people, but man, at one point you could tell those people took pride in the elk in the area and they're like, yeah, it was cool. And this, and like, everybody's just defeated about it. Um, that they're just like, yeah, we don't see them. They're not there. Um, Mm. You know, and and so uh, such a unique ability to hunt in there and to to do that kind of stuff and to be in bugling. The the thing that still kind of bugs me too is like I I'm still not a hundred percent sure when it was bugle and when it was him, which <laughs> kind of bugs me a little bit. Like it it you know I know a couple of them were for sure, but like there's always that thing in the back of your mind. It's like, well, was it? Hmm. You know, um, so never know. Yeah, you'll never know. So, but. Really cool area. I reached out to a few guys on, we had this like uh, elk hunting group or if anybody's listening and has a tag uh, for unit four, give me a call. Um, like I, I'd be happy to help people. Like not that, I mean the bull that I was trying to kill is dead. So, but other but than a that, bull left in there. there is a herd bull up in there uh, and it, it's great territory. It's cool. It's rugged. Um, but yeah, man, it was a great experience. It, you know, disappointing on, on, kind of how it ended up if if that had been harvested like even if those guys would have walked in and went down in there and, and cut us off i would have had at least a little bit more respect than the drive down in there mm-hmm. um especially because we walked into there so like that's the and you know he knew we were down there so that that doesn't uh it, it's driven by money i guess is what i'm getting at is the fact that he needed that guy to shoot something in order to make more money. And so he'll do whatever it takes to make that. If that means cutting us off, I wouldn't be surprised if that dude has bait pals around too, because it's legal to feed deer in Kentucky. I'm sure he's got bait pals for elk too. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to find them? Sure. You know, it's stick his balls in there. Nobody's looking. Sure. Um, probably why he was up in the same spot every time. There's probably a big bait pal up there. Because um, there was no elk up there ever where he parked. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it just, those are the things that kind of, ruined the experience a little bit. Um, the positives were, man, I felt sharper than I ever had in the woods. Man, I was just, I was on point. I've, I was, I couldn't believe that I like pretty much made it happen. Yeah. Put them on a bullet 30 yards the first night. Couldn't believe it. I like, we went in there, I told Emily before we left, cause you know, it's her uncle. This, so John is the one who really got Emily into hunting growing up. So her like entire life of hunting and, and being a deer biologist and stuff was kind of funneled out of her uncle. Um, her dad wasn't really in the picture. Her uncle was was in was the person in the picture for her. Mm. Um, and so, you know, John had called me or called Emily when he got drawn in, uh, I don't 
don't know, is that May or June, something like that. And um, he basically said, you know, he didn't really have the time and resources to do it. Um, so he just wasn't going to, he wasn't going to hunt the tag. And, you know, I know what he's done for Emily and, and subsequently me. And so, you know, I was like, N- he's hunting. Like, I'll, I'll take him. I'll figure it out. We'll do it together. Still work? Yep. Works okay. at Napa. Okay. Um, yeah. General manager at Napa. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, he wasn't even going to do it, but like, I know this meant a lot to him. Um, like I said, tag of a lifetime. And I know what he's done for Emily to, to develop her passion for hunting and for wildlife and for deer. And so, you know, it was kind of my thanks back to him to, to get him out to do that. And sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish we were sitting here and I could lift up a five by four rack and say, Hey, look what we did. But, um, there's definitely some images that won't leave my head for a while. Um, you know, is and I'm sure for him, you know, experience of a lifetime on it. But, I, you know, I think we talk about it often. Those are some of the things that uh, keep you coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not to Kentucky, but maybe somewhere else for elk or whatever. But um, those are tough, man. <clears throat> Honestly, it's it's hard to have a bad experience when in a, in a truly wild environment. It's it's when you introduce other people <laughs> yeah it's you know it seems like that's you know you you, you want to go hunting you want to go into a wild space to, to get away from from that um and it's just a shame that sometimes you know there's just there's only so much to go around then it's you know it's sometimes it's uh when you're ch- chasing a, a specific like a, a a herd type animal like that you know and you have multiple people in the same area yeah it's, it's uh it's hard not to you know, to have have some encounters like that. But. Well, and it's crazy. We talk about it all the time. It's a limited resource. Like, I don't know. I, I would assume there was a, at least one more bull in there. Probably, I mean, this guy held up pretty far from the, the herd. So I would assume there was a better bull that was another satellite bull. It just seems, like, likely. Because mm-hmm. this guy stayed in the same spot the whole time, basically. I would assume where this herd bull was, there was a closer satellite bull to that. Yeah. You would think so. Yeah. Again, I'm naive to elk so mm. i don't know <coughs> but yeah that, i mean that's it in a nutshell i mean if you've heard that that's cool it's pretty wild pretty wild uh experience yeah Appreciate if you hear me talk recap. about it up until this podcast it's um it's pretty defeated it's like yeah, i haven't seen shit like we're we're new and so um i mean we were in them which is all i could ask for we talk about it all the time i mean if i'm in the game it's a 90 percent win already yep um it's just that 10% and, and you know, I mean, we were every bit of 99% in the game in terms of it should have happened, would have happened, could have happened type of thing. Um, yeah, you got to feel for John on that too. I know that that'll stick with him. You know, he's probably just, the, yeah, the fact that the, in that moment he wasn't able to, I will say this though about it is, um, you know, obviously not your traditional and L camp. Cause we're saying in a, you know, an Airbnb mm-hmm. and stuff, but, um, definitely some good camaraderie around it in terms of how, you know, we got to spend time together and do stuff. And, yeah. you know, I may take it harder just cause I'm competitive. That that's probably why I was super pissed with the outfitters. Like I'm competitive. I, I, I was all over it and I lost, mm. right. You know, call me sore loser. Mm. Um, uh, he, maybe he cheated his way to it, but I still lost. Mm. Um, and I think John took it more in the, probably the better light of man, what an experience mm-hmm. like to, to be able to be out here in this area and see the sunrise and hear the bugles, um, which I did so, too. Sometimes ignorance is blessed in that regard. Yeah. Know? Which I did too. Like I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, but 
but it was the the way that we lost basically yeah right um that you know didn't sit well so is what it is but um cool experience uh, you know obviously appreciate the kentucky department having this um you know hopefully the new management plan they, they start to really focus in on these elk and um yeah i don't know i mean they've they've got a bunch of gun hunts coming up and youth hunts and things like that um you know i i don't necessarily say that they shouldn't allow crossbows in those seasons but they're the the majority of the harvest are by them um which i don't know if they're uh accounting for or not um i would assume that success would be way lower if it was all compounds and recurves and stuff well, it doesn't sound like it. it sound like it, it it is lower even though despite a higher crossbow which you know probably speaks more to the herd which mm-hmm. is what we're covering but mm-hmm. Or also the the habitat sounds like yep. it was way thicker than it used to be. But w- mm. would you go back? Oh yeah, I would never guide again though. I'm not cut out for that. Okay. Yeah, I'd guide you if I needed to. Uh huh. But like I'm just I'm not uh like I'd guide a family member. But like if somebody called me up and said, "Hey dude, like would you come guide?" Like I enjoyed it, but I'm also I'm a control freak. Yeah. So when like it all comes together and it can't happen, I'm like what the hell yeah that's the ultimate like worst case scenario for you yeah and and listen i've had it all come together for me and i've screwed it up i get that that's one thing um but yeah it's it's the out of control stuff and it's also that you know transparently it, for john and, and for a lot of people like i i know my limits but i don't know your limits dude it's hard hunting with other people so i just go i'm i'm yeah. i'm running and gunning you know, and he got better at it. He would have to tell me to stop and hold up. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, I'm gone. I'm I'm on him. I'm I'm. Yeah. Like we're rolling, yeah. man. We got to move. We got to yeah. move. Yeah. Um, we've done that before with mule deer and stuff, mm. and like, um, you know, pulling the Coltons behind us, and it's like, dude, you got to keep up with me because I just can't. You know, it's a different mindset. Like I'm not even thinking as I'm moving. I just know what I have yeah. to do. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I would love to go back. I'll, I've put in. Um, Five years, four years, five years, six years, something like that. How did how did you feel about like the uh, elk versus deer? Like, it's your first elk hunt. Yes. Yeah, and I know you weren't hunting, but essentially you were. How did you feel? Like, did you're like I really like this? Oh or yeah, it's like, I oh, loved it. You're like, oh, this is different, or it's yeah, I guess you're. Yeah, I made. I, I'm bit. I've got the bug okay. for sure. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot uh, because it felt muley to me. Like I, it was, it wasn't. Spot how would you compare stuff? it to a muley hunt? It's about the same. I, I like the take into the consideration. If I knew which vocalizations were the elk versus the outfitter, sure. I would have been, I would have been, I've already well, had they're a pretty elk different hunts though. I mean, cause the, the uh, well, and I, I guess I love the, tr- <laughs> to the terrain challenge. Um, I liked the ability to move and play the wind yeah, and thermals, that's huge. which is why I like the muley side too. Yeah. Whereas the whitetail side, you're just, you're there, yeah. you're confined. Yeah. Um, I really like moving and reading sign. Me too. Me too. Uh, it, it, it was so funny because we had been talking about woodsmanship and like, you know, not that you, you need it, but like in the whitetail side, like, I don't know. I mean, on occasion I use my woodsmanship, but you know, I know my properties enough where, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's a new area or I'm trying to hunt a buck that's acting not like he should, like, you know, I don't have to use it that often. It was all woodsmanship there, and I loved it. It put me right back where I wanted to be. So, speak, speaking of that, like diving into new stuff, <clears throat> I, I'm I'm trying to early on here prepare my 
you know, build up my optimism for what it seems like Kansas is turning into, uh, which for us sounds like a lot of hard, <laughs> lot of hard work, a lot of diving into unknown, public, a lot of woodsmanship, public for the most part. So yeah, I, a lot of woodsmanship. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited for that because you know Ohio and like our farms, we've got pretty pretty dialed in. Yeah, we know. Um, Illinois will be new, although we, we've got, uh, you know, we've got some, yeah, not a lot of things you can do there. I mean, that's what I loved about this is I had a thousand acres. Yes. There was another guy there. We had a thousand acres. Just go, man. Just hunt, just yeah. read sign, find them. So I'm kind of looking forward to that in Kansas. You know, we're going to just, let's just put boots on, like, yeah. put, put the dads in known spots and you and I will branch off. We covered a lot. Figure them out. I, you know, John sat up in a couple spots. He walked most of it with me. There were a few things that I walked big ridges out, uh, and did some call in and I walked in some other areas that, that he wasn't on, but, um, I mean, we covered some major ground, um, you know, reading the sign, understanding the thermals. I, I will say the one thing I think was really cool, and it, it didn't click till later, like where we had kind of smelled the elk, where we had seen the elk, um, is uh, I was I was tossing milkweed like it was going out of style for thermals and stuff because uh, yeah. the wind was super swirly. I mean, it's a big bull, basically. Mm -hmm. and uh, But that bull has a lot of cuts and terrain in it. So, like, I could watch how that thermal and wind was playing, and then, like, when I would walk, I'm like, man, they should be bedded. Yep, there they are, right there. Like, it just, they were doing what I thought they would do for leeward ridges and wind and thermals. Yeah. And then when the wind would switch, we'd start to move, and I'm like, they're not there anymore because the wind switched. They moved, too. Mm. Um, so it was, kinda, it was kind of a cool chess match to really hone in on that. And that's tough for whitetails because you're coming into your spot, and you're like, okay, it's going this way. I need to sit here but you're not going to move or adapt or anything. It's just, you're there and you're hoping they're there. Mm -hmm. uh, these elk moved a lot more throughout the day than, than I thought. Like even where I thought they were going, you know, through the middle heat of the day, when I would come back two hours later, they had shifted pretty far. Mm -hmm. um, so they were, they were pretty on the move, but it was, it was the rut. I mean, they were, they were rutting. They're rutting. They're rutting. And, um, but yeah, as, as the dads would say, they're rutting. They're rutting. But yeah, the woodsmanship <laughs> thing was really, really cool, man. It felt great to kind of get back to those roots of just sign thermals and just gut, gut instincts. Yeah. Um, and for it to all come together like it did. Yeah. I mean, besides throwing an arrow, that's, that's the best as you're going to get. I killed one multiple times in my head though, for the yeah. record. Pretty cool, man. Um, Very cool. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hope people don't listen to this and and take the take the outfitter thing too far. Um, you know, I know not all outfitters are like that. It's just a shame that that's how that had to go. Um, it's also a shame that as again guilty as charged, but that I I was gullible, uh, and that I was telling that you know basically telling him everything he needed to know to to get a better advantage on it. Dude, that dynamic, that dynamic of hunters that meet at the truck is one that like you can never understand unless I guess unless you experience it but even more so you know o over time like even since I was a kid watching my dad interact watching we've had interactions mm -hmm. you know it's funny how you have to go into those like almost super cautiously because like you don't know who you're dealing with you don't know what their intentions are and I'm too are. open man we, you and I are both guilty of that like I'll just go up and shake his hand and start talking and I know where to protect myself well, but well and you know what I, I'm confident that I'll outwork just about anybody so it's like it's it's the same principle where it's like I'm more than happy we're happy to share tactics and like you know there's there's no like secrets as to what we do but even, yeah. even on a business front because it's just I just know I'm gonna outwork you and I, maybe that's maybe that's yeah and I think the uh, the downfall for that is like I made it very clear like hey we're just, we're going to be very open. It's just two of us. Like, yeah. I, 
And and the problem why is why wouldn't you be right? Well, the problem is he was in it for money. I wasn't. He thought I was. It took him two days to realize that I wasn't a guide. Oh. And he's like, well, he's like, who you guide with? I'm like, that's my uncle. <laughs> and he's like, what? I was like, yeah, that's my uncle. He's like, you're not a guide down here. It's like, no, I'm an assistant. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh. And I, maybe that set him off. Like, because it was right around that time that he started to really ambush where we were hunting. Um, I thought he could walk over at that point. Because I wasn't part of the guide service and I wouldn't have rat on the mountain. Because they have an organization. Mm. Um, <laughs> so maybe you thought, like, while that was in place. So maybe that was my fault for saying that I wasn't. Um, but how would you know? I mean, yeah, all in hindsight, you know, but, uh, yeah, cool, cool experience. Um, if anybody is hunting down there, um, for elk here, whether you've still got an archer tag or if you're doing the gun season or something, you know, hit me up. Um, happy to at least give you some insight on, even if it's not our unit, like what we got into and kind of how we got on them. But, uh, yeah, cool, cool stuff. Right on. Good way to start the, start the year. Cool, man. That's two, two bonus episodes, two weeks in a row, so. Well, we should be getting rolling. I, we talked about it. I will be, uh, by the time this airs, I will have hunted Kentucky. I've got a pretty good eight point I'm going after. Yeah. Um, and then. That's it, the one that was there in daylight at, yep, the other day. He's been left. there quite a bit. And then uh, this is there on the 28th-ish? Uh, yeah, 28th. So, like, in two days, it's opening day. Mm-hmm. In Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, the next day would be in Illinois and in Pennsylvania. The only thing that's, like, keeping me from feeling really confident is it looks like we got like a north northeast i know they can't know that far out but mm-hmm. um they're like a we got a low pressure system blowing through next like tuesday wednesday hopefully some so rain. you're playing you'll be in ohio see i don't know what i'm gonna do because my ohio farm is getting cut like when the, people are listening to this oh, yeah. there's logs ohio. logs falling on my ohio why are you farm. gonna go to illinois no <laughs> no i'll hunt uh i'll probably hunt pennsylvania i i figure like we don't have but i figure Mid October, we'll we you, we'll probably start getting an itch. We'll start feeling yeah, like yeah. I mean, we really only have one or two deer that we would shoot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got a lot of corns lot just of coming back down. and watching. A lot of just waiting. Yeah, maybe no. we'll, maybe we'll see a front coming in. I I'd imagine it'll be a short trip, right? We'll probably go out and say, hey, couple. Let's, let's go out for three days. Yep, come back. Yeah, maybe go back if we have to. And yeah, no, I'll I'll hunt Pennsylvania. Uh, maybe with the kids if they want to get back. We've got some good bucks showing up behind the house early this year, which is kind of encouraging. Um, nice, and then. You know, I, I'll have to see, I, I've never hunted a property that's been being timbered. Uh, there's really, there's only a, one skitter on there. <laughs> You're going to hang on pretty tight. When they start laying into your tree. Do not hang in any blue mark trees. <laughs> Man, someone love that. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, like I, I'm expanding. We'll talk about this on probably an I bought a farm coming up here. I'm expanding that farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they're on the one side of the farm, I may be able to go and hunt some of the other oak bottoms and flats. Yeah. Um, them deer don't care. I don't have it. I talk about woodsmanship. I don't have any, I have like no cameras running there. Just, it's just cause I didn't plan on anything cause I thought they'd be cutting already. So it's going to kind of just wing her in there. Read the sign, hang stand, shoot the deer. Seems simple enough. Eat right? the meat. Set neck. Mount the horns. Cool. Uh, well we appreciate everybody listening to this bonus episode for Kentucky elk and, uh, man, it, it's here. Season's here. We're in it. We're rolling buddy. One dead. One down. And a whole season to go. I wonder if there's a lot of people saying these guys just do a bunch of talking. 
And I know for a fact there's some guys out there that think that we just, uh, well, not just that, but they think that we just do the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh, some like guys have been like, it? oh, it must be nice to just sit around and do the podcast. It's like, no, no, no. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. we just, one day a week, we sit down and we get a chance to do that. But there yeah, buddy, one down, one North Dakota, 160. There you go, man. All right, we'll catch everybody next week. Later. Take me. Oh.